It's been like a wild week this week, right? Because like, I feel like not a lot of funny things happened and just a lot of more like serious stuff happened. But I guess you could say like the, uh, the shining light in what made me, made me smile a little Mm -hmm, bit mm -hmm. is hearing more drama about Steven Crowder. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a, it's a newsy news week, right? It's a very newsy news week. Serious news. Serious news. We're we're not having fun on this We're a serious news show. (laughs) We've always been serious. We're journalists. And that's why I want to talk about, uh, I guess Steven Crowder showing his balls to his staff. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. I didn't know this happened. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I thought it was going to be more like a be- Oh, I guess that's like abusive behavior, but that's crazy. Yeah, no, there, there, <laughs> there, there is some stuff that came out this week. About the woke like, mind virus got to him. <laughs> about like two separate occasions where he had just like exposed his balls to his staff mm-hmm. and one where he just like dropped his balls on top of like his friend while they were on a plane or something. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> no wonder bro didn't want a divorce. He knew bro, this was coming. Bro, it's crazy because it gets wilder. One, because you you remember when he talked about like the bisexual demon a couple uh, months ago? No, I don't. Like that's funny. Oh, he like came out. Oh, he came out? He like Wait, came what? out and he talked about how he had a bi phase. Oh, I think I do remember yeah, this. Yeah, People so on Twitter were that's like, goofy. It's so proud and of it's you, like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That reminded me of that too because it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. I see what's going on. But then um, he was called out on it. And he did a segment on his show where he had, like, the HR guy come in and talk about their violation. He's like, oh, the balls, like, when we were filming that one skit and we were all running naked through a field. Or when we were filming this skit and I couldn't fit into the Terminator suit so my fucking dick and balls were out. <laughs> that's the gayest <laughs> shit I ever heard. And, like, that's fine, right? Like, you can do that. Which is sick. Just Which own is sick. it. Let, let's not act like Just it's own anything it that's and not. and don't contribute to a LGBTQ Hate. genocide. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? But, like, that's that's not even where it ends there's this other there's this other clip that came out um you know the dude that was on steven crowder's show that i think it was during the george floyd stuff okay pulled out a picture of how he has like a, a black grandpa uh pasty white though yeah yeah yeah. and he's yeah. like oh yeah i'm actually black so i can say and do whatever so i want the, everyone on this show gets to be racist yeah basically yeah mm-hmm. i give you all the pass yeah essentially um that guy Kind of looks stubby, like this. Stubby dude. Stubby, stubby dude, dude, no neck. Yep. No neck, not funny at My all. My enemy's ontologically evil. We calls make himself fun of a comedian. Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. I think Steven calls himself a comedian. That's absurd. Uh, this divorce is comedic, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> this story's comedic. Let, yeah. me, let me keep going. Basically, what, what that guy said, I can't remember his name for the life of me, was that there was like a string of lights that like were in his field of view, like right in front of him from where he sat. Okay. And Steven, Mr. Crowder himself, had a button under his desk for whenever he wanted the good dude to stop talking. No way. Yeah. Wait, he, the, uh, the no neck dude admitted to this? Yeah, no neck dude said like, yeah, there was a button that Steven would press when it was time for me to stop talking. Why would he admit so to this? So that he could talk. Why would he admit to this? Because it's like shitting on Steven, right? Okay. Because like, yeah, he's cucked in the scenario, but it's also like, it just kind of shows that Steven's not funny. And the whole thing Wh- is- When he, did he admit to this? I don't know exactly when, but he went on some podcast. I didn't even know he wasn't with Louder with Crowder anymore. I guess I'm not up on my Crowder lore. Like I, I was assuming be. he was still with him. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You yeah. know, it's birds of a feather. Yeah. But I guess he left and did an expose with some podcast and was talking about that. Yeah. And he was also talking about how, like, they made sure, like, production made sure that Steven always had the last word. Mm-hmm. Steven always has the last joke. Because he's the star of the show. Naturally. So no one else can ever outshine him. It's a dim dying star, let me a tell you. Really dim dying Supernova, divorced happen, star. Yeah. No, it's it's burning out. Yeah, you're gonna catch him with like, I don't know, cargo shorts and a Hawaiian shirt mm-hmm. walking around. <laughs> yeah, no, some footage will probably leak of him in that exact fit. 
No, that's crazy. That's crazy. I haven't even seen most of the the Stephen Crowder stuff that came out this week. I just knew because we covered it last yeah. week. We were a drama show last week, <laughs> um, so I knew all of that stuff, obviously. But the fact that he's just like putting his balls places, it's crazy. <laughs> that like, what, is what's crazy. Your, like, what's wrong with you? you it, know it, I mean? No, literally though, in like the workplace. Yeah, <laughs> in the workplace is nuts. And, and then having the literally HR, nuts. <laughs> having the HR dude come on is crazy too. Mm-hmm. For a segment, like, like a jokey segment. Yeah. Because like you're gonna say exactly what I want, you know what I mean? Like, it's like you, you're, you're gonna say guy. this, and then you're gonna do that, and then they also joked about like other HR violations. Mm-hmm. Like they they joked about like, oh, this person said something about Jewish people, but he's Jewish. Ha 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 ha. Uh, yeah. You know they 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 did the, the corny conservative thing. It's always like, and I know this is kind of an unserious news topic, but <laughs> the the point is like. Conservatives will always do this thing, and I see some lefties with questionable positions do it sometimes too. It's mostly conservatives though, where they will speak very unseriously, as though they're telling a joke. But you can tell that they believe the content of the joke. Yeah. But then when you criticize them for it, they get to just back up and say, "Oh, well, you're a snowflake because you can't take a joke. We're just messing around." But it's like I I know you actually believe that. Exactly. Like yeah, it's not a joke to you. Yeah. You're just saying it in a in a an attempted comedic way as a means of packaging it for a more moderate audience. Uh, and Steven does that a lot. Like, that's his thing. It's like it's like Steven will do ironic misogyny, but it's not ironic because right. he's just a misogynist. Well, yeah, it's like, because you believe that, right? Yeah. Like, when he did the the bit that went uh, really viral where he was, like, he had this picture, this Photoshopped image that went up. You know, like, the famous farmer's painting? Oh, my God. he Photoshopped God. them as black. Oh, my God. And then put yeah. on a crazy black scent and talked about, like, Hennessy plants He said, are you going to plant a Hennessy tree? Yeah. And then he was, like, you know, you put on this accent being super racist. Then he's like, oh, it's just a joke. But it's like, we know you actually think that, though. Yeah. Like, yeah, obviously. That, bro, dog, that era of Steven Crowder was Crazy. fucking insane because I think that was the same time where, like, or, like, two months later is when he's, like, I'm recreating the George Floyd neck situation. <laughs> oh, my God, <laughs> and, yeah. and had some dude yeah. not even put his knee on his neck, but had put his knee on his back and he just, like, laid down on the ground uh-huh. and, like, faked it. He's, like, as you can and he's see, like, I'm actually, perfectly fine. <laughs> he's, like, actually, I'm chilling, so I don't even know what you guys are talking about. Yeah, no, that was crazy. That was just a wild era in conservatism in general. Yeah, I remember that Stephen Crowder video. That was especially unhinged. Speaking of unhinged, completely uh, yeah, separate. Yeah. This morning, apparently, there's another mass shooting. Surprise, surprise. Uh-huh. America yeah, moment, yeah, yeah. right? At Texas Mall, yeah. And uh, yeah, and and Nick Adams tweeted out. Well, that's the thing. There were several shootings, and I didn't know which one they were referring I, no, to. No, because I, I had seen another news story about a congressman saying something about like. <laughs> Also unhinged, by the yeah. way, a congressman in Texas said something like, uh, you guys think that we shouldn't send thoughts and prayers when shooting happens. That must mean you don't believe in God <laughs> and his almighty power All right. over us. All right, bro. <laughs> Even more unhinged, though, Nick Adams tweeted a photo of uh, right after the shooting happened. Yeah. Right, People obviously talking about gun control again because it's naturally a part mm-hmm. of the conversation. And Nick Adams tweets uh, a photo and it says uh, it's like a, a memeified photo. It says the only gun control I'll accept is like shooting center target. And I was like, oh my God. And it's it, a photo of a target with a, with a bullet yeah, hole in the yeah, middle. Yeah. And the idea is, you know, you're controlling the gun when you shoot it. Anyway, it, I was just like unhinged thing to post right <laughs> after a shooting. You're not even like trying at this point. It's crazy. It's it's fucked. It's like it's almost like they're they're just completely separate from politics. Yeah. You know, it's I I don't understand what world they're living in. Yeah, but I'm uh, I'm really looking forward to the uh, Ben Shapiro divorce arc. Hopefully that happens soon. That'd be cool. That's what I'd like to I'd like to be a drama podcast again next week. If mm-hmm. we could get like a solid rotation of yeah. like drama news, drama news, drama news, or like actual footage comes out of Michael Knowles being a lizard person, uh, <laughs> yeah. I think that's like impending. Yeah, right? actual inevitable. footage comes out of him shedding his skin <laughs> <laughs> in the back of the Daily Wire office after a recording session. Yeah.
<laughs> he gets off the camera, stop rolling. You, you see, you see his mouth like go up, and it, mm-hmm. it widens, and he. <laughs> yeah, it, and then it a, a new a new Michael emerges he, from the mouth. He crawls from the studio into his um his air heated office next oh, door. It's yeah, all it's sand got, on it's the got ground. the lamp on top, uh, like, like the sun lamp. Just yeah, it's like ninety five degrees at all he times. Just in goes there. and lays on a rock. <laughs> yeah. That's got to come out soon. We'll cover that one when it comes out. Believe it's you me, gotta happen, bro. If there's one conspiracy. If there's one conspiracy, he is a lizard person, and it's gonna Holy happen. Shit, We're gonna bro. find it out. We're gonna find it out. It's so good. Welcome back to Head in the Office, everybody. As we mentioned just now in the cold open, we got some newsy news for you this we week. Do. We're going to talk about strikes. We got a little strikes. immigration update, some racism. A lot, lots of racism. Lots of racism, some election news. Some transphobia? Uh, probably, yo, yeah, some transphobia for some sure. Trans- every week. Always. Every, Always. every single week. In fact, this is a, it's a speedrun of transphobia this week. Oh, um, for real. But before we get into the show, I'll remind you all, as always, check us out on Patreon. Got get to, early access on. to those episodes. I know you want it. I know you, you do. I, I know you do. I know when something fun happens on Monday, you're sick of seeing it a week and a half later. Yeah, yeah. You're sick of it. And, you know, if you if you can't get on the Patreon, okay, at least subscribe to us on YouTube. I understand. Join the Discord. Support us in other ways. There's lots of stuff you can do. You could also leave us a five-star review on Apple. That's right. That's a very free way you can support the show. Completely. Many of you have done it already. And if you leave a review... We'll do you the kindness. We'll do you the solid of reading it on the show and giving you a little shout out. I'll do a little intellectual labor for you. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? I'll foster this parasocial bond. So this first review we have is from Claire Mack, the only ethical businessman. That's right. That's right. This review says, two other chronically online college leftists, they're just like me for real. I was on TikTok this past winter break when suddenly my next girl landed me straight on the gauge coming out with a strong line, there are no good Nazis. Hot take. That's a good line. After that video, I clicked on the profile and the rest is history. The same day, I watched the Woke Mind Virus episode on YouTube and could not stop laughing while enjoying such thorough, informative, funny, and overall quality content. I hadn't realized what I was missing from my life was a parasocial relationships, a parasocial relationship with other leftists my age who are highly knowledgeable and can articulate my exact beliefs while backing it up with empirical and textual facts and evidence. Emphasis on the textual. I'll, I'll have you know they do read uh, the quotes directly from articles and bills. I was also honestly shocked that this was all coming from two cis white men who still have somehow yet to miss. I'm now an avid YouTube watcher down with the Apple and Spotify plebeians, <laughs> and they're currently the only creators on the internet whose content I actively wait for and get excited about every week. Oh my goodness. I laugh out loud throughout every episode while learning so much, and I have noticed that their way of talking about issues and articulating their ideas and arguments has impacted me, impacted the way I do these things too in my daily interactions with friends, peers, teachers, etc. As Jeremy once aptly put it, quoting both of us. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. As Jeremy once aptly said, if you're on the left and you find yourself discussing politics with someone, you should be overconfident because you're right in what you're saying. I did say that. I remember. (laughs) (laughs) I literally just convinced myself after writing this review to finally drop the Wednesday weenie, uh, drop the Wednesday weenies and join the Sunday superstars or Sunday supremacists. Uh, These boys need to be properly compensated for the important good and true work they're doing. You must all do the same. Hitto to the moon. Sorry for the insanely long review. I'm just a legit fan. Claire she her thank you so what much can i Claire. say what, what can i even say in response really, to really a model review really really hit all all of the high notes especially mm-hmm. the textual evidence but uh i need you to tell that to the people in our comments oh yeah 100 <laughs> percent. i think, I think they're us. the ones that need to hear it on the instagram reels yeah no they'd be they'd be like what's actually in the bills though yeah yeah, yeah uh, but that's not actually what happened exactly uh, you guys like, clearly didn't read the bill source trust <laughs> me bro it's like no source uh the new york times actually. that's right uh <laughs> source senate.gov this actual pdf <laughs> 
<laughs> the PDF with the little fucking numbers next to every single line. Exactly. It's really hard to read. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. there's that one. Our next review, uh, best political pod in the game right now mm-hmm. by Asshat 2.0. Happy International Workers Day to everyone and especially the bros who created this pod. Happy birthday to Marx. That's right. That's right. Oh, that all passed this week. That's nuts. Yeah. I found these guys on TikTok and instantly clicked. Uh, always an entertaining listen and gives me something to look forward to every Wednesday. I'm still a weenie. These boys have the amazing, have the, yeah, the amazing end to deliver the absolute worst news, but still spin mm-hmm. it in an entertaining, to an entertaining listen. Holy shit, I'm having a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> that, that just hooks right into you. Uh, remember, it's always morally correct to commit time theft at work. So when you're taking your fourth poop break, why not give this phenomenal pot a go? Kiss, kiss, Ian. Excellent. I would actually Excellent. argue it's uh, morally obligatory. You have to do it. Okay. You, you should. If you want to be a good leftist. You cannot say you're a moral person unless you commit time theft. That's right. Unless you pull us up on YouTube while you're doing work, and then when your boss walks by, you quickly click away to pretend to work again, yeah. and then go back to watch us. You know, when we would, uh, you mentioned International Workers Day, and of course, Marx's birthday Shout just passed. Shout out May Day. We, we tweeted about it. Um, and I, I had a professor in, uh, in, in my, back in my undergrad, yeah, back in our <laughs> undergrad days when, uh, we would learn about Marx or read through Marx's, uh, writings. And there was something we didn't understand because dude likes to just talk and talk and talk. Yeah. Uh, there'd be sometimes where the professor even didn't know. He's like, I have no idea what this means. <laughs> so he'd be like, let me just, um, you know, summon Marx to the seance real quick and we can ask him. And, you know, maybe one day I yeah, can summon yeah, yeah, Marx yeah. to the seance and we can get him on the show. That'd be pretty it, he, sick. He just has to learn how to speak English. We could ask him to summarize that little bit where he's talking about like how much a like a jacket should cost. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, just give that a quick rundown for our listeners. Rambling on on how much a jacket should really cost. Marks would have been proud of us. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Next one is from No Pre-Order. Intrigued and interested. They say, as a 19, as a 19 cis white man who doesn't listen to podcasts often, let alone politics in general, I'm so glad that TikTok gave me the chance to find people that I agree with. I've been struggling with my general views on politics and beliefs in general. Thankfully, you two have helped me put, a, uh, put me in a spot I am happy with. With these interests, I f- the more I find out that my dad is a fan of Meatball Ron. Oh, that's, that's tough. Fun times in parentheses. I plan to listen all the time and hopefully become a fellow patron. Keep up the amazing work. Well, I hope your um your dad grows out of this phase. I hope he that's does. A, and I'm, tough I'm happy to you. see that we have our grubby little mitts uh, molding your your mind. Just your, completely your sunk. Young leftist uh-huh. malleable mind. Like if you can just picture a, a squishy our brain, design. Just my fingers just crunching into it. You <laughs> just, know what just saying? inside, just squeezing, twisting, it. Uh, mm-hmm. conjuring Rewiring up new it. parts. Rewiring. Yes, uh-huh. yes, yes. All all of those things. One hundred percent. Next one. As they say, these boys can keep their mics by Weed Thief 69. Loyal patron. That's right. I found the boys on TikTok around a month ago having high assumptions they would be the stereotypical left-leaning podcast. Mm. After listening to them for the second time, yes, first time I was still iffy. I know this wasn't a Democrat glorifying podcast, unlike others I stumble across. Oh my God. As someone who is pretty far left, anarcho-communist to be specific, mm. I'm so happy I found Hitto. It not only helps me get through my god-awful 9 to 5 every week, shout out time theft, but informs me of current topics going on in an overall unbiased and funny slash silly way. Yes, I just said silly. Minus the political topics aside, I highly admire their care and coverage over trans issues as someone that is non-binary. That was another worry about the cishet male pod. However, time and time again, the boys show their solidarity at times has made me tear up due to just feeling seen and cared about Mm. despite the current horrible things that are happening around the country to my siblings just for being themselves. Mm, What can we say? What can we say? The bar really is in hell for cis men. (laughs) (laughs) Breaking the mold. It's really a common theme without these reviews. This is one of my favorite pods ever and always will be.
will be. Oh my God. I am so, so proud to be giving Hitto my hard-earned $5 every month, plus getting my amazing name, Weed Thief 69 right off at the end of the pod is so surreal. Give them your hard-earned money now so you can feel the satisfaction. Excellent. Oh my excellent God. Perfect review. review. We're just eliciting excellent emotions review. out of these people. Do, Come on. Do some time theft to get that money, too. Yeah. No, you know what exactly. I'm saying? I, I hope that that $5 was earned uh, on the toilet. Embezzle from your company. Put it in the yeah, do, do Keep your money safe. Do white collar crime. Yeah, we, we can be the medium through which you launder money. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, hold, hold, hold. do white collar crime, but leftist. Yeah. Instead right. of conservative, you know? Uh, love from the Lone Star State. This review says, as a lesbian from Texas, I'm not incredibly used to hearing cishet guys my age be open, <laughs> tolerant, and secure in themselves when it comes to politics, gender, and queer issues, etc. But Jeremy and Gage give me hope for men everywhere. I've been interested in becoming more practiced in confrontation and debating with those on the conservative side. And I can say with certainty that this podcast has helped me get better at articulating my ideas and being more grounded in reality and confident when it comes to political issues, as well as giving me a lot of info and news I haven't heard before and perspectives on them that make me think in ways I wouldn't otherwise. It's also just honestly really refreshing and comforting to hear complex, deep, and stressful issues talked about with groundedness, genuine empathy, and Gen Z humor. LOL. <laughs> I can never I, I can never get myself to watch older content from creators because my ADHD brand wants current content now. But as of today, I'm about 30 episodes deep into y'all's archives. <laughs> 30 episodes is crazy. <laughs> the Hiddo archives is crazy. <laughs> yeah. And I'm definitely going to keep going. <laughs> I listen to this podcast when I'm doing art, working out at my desk at work, walking to the store, everything. I've already put my two other friends on it as well oh my and God. there's more friends out there that i'll get to it uh, that i'll get to it eventually or i'll get it to eventually too sorry uh excited to see what these guys do going forward love julian the texbian oh i get it yeah get your friends on the show get your friends on the pod um uh yet again i've, I've got my hands on your brain yeah and i'm i'm molding it to my design yeah really. <laughs> yeah like number one recommendation we get comments all the time like oh well you know i love the show but my my dad's super conservative yeah. my mom's conservative my you know my family members super conservative they don't listen to me have them listen to head in the office it's a really good podcast <laughs> put them on a show. i'm sure they'll love it <laughs> have them listen to the show just just tell them to be open-minded you know exactly. what i'm saying i'm sure they'll love our apologetic um mm -hmm. wavering uh -huh. um <laughs> not very hard stance takes insecure insecure takes <laughs> yeah. um anxious even just, uh, not dancing around the mic more stumbling around it i don't even know how to speak into the mic if i'm being honest i i don't, I don't even know what a mic is i really i don't know how to read as yeah. we found out with these reviews but to get to the last the last review mm -hmm. i can feel it by the lucky prophet send help i'm being indoctrinated through my parasocial relationship Right there. It's not parasocial. It's a real. It's social. Yeah, it's <laughs> no. It's a. It's an intimate linkage between both of us. I can feel it. We know each other. Yeah. We know each other so well. Don't ever call it parasocial. <laughs> that's an, that's, in fact, that's an insult to what we have. <laughs> I don't even know why you'd begin to think that yeah, in no, the first you know, I'm place. I'm actually upset. <laughs> you you made me mad. <laughs> Say sorry right now. Get into the news. We actually got to start with something that's not in the show notes. Uh, Taylor oh. Swift's dropping another album. I was told I had to I talk about. I saw this. that. Uh, Speak now. Speak Taylor's now. version. Yep. Yeah, it drops like what July seventh. Yeah. So for all my Swifties that uh, that listen to the show and you finally want some real news out of us, there you go. We are a Taylor Swift podcast that's after right. all. Supporters. After we covered the breakup. Yeah, I heard she was. Uh, uh, my girlfriend actually told me. I didn't just hear this. Yeah. I don't know why. I, would like that. <laughs> I heard through the grapevine. <laughs> through the grapevine <laughs> that she's uh, dating some dude that did like a sick Heil or something. 
Uh, I don't know if that's. Oh, oh, I think he did it like artistically. You know, you know what I'm saying, bro? Like, not even speak. one of those guys, like the Stephen Crowder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we really are a Taylor Swift podcast because I, I got I got to bring it up because I was thinking about making a TikTok, but I was busy this week with graduation. Did you see the clip that's been going viral? Like everybody's been laying into this dude. Um, it's like a this this Asian gay guy made a video talking about how 1989 is better than Tupimbo Butterfly. Like Taylor Swift's album, 1989, is better than Kendrick Lamar's. I, I didn't see this, but if I'm going to be honest, uh, I didn't listen to that Taylor Swift album. And I don't yeah. think I need to because Tupin Butterfly is like one of the best albums of all time. Crazy, crazy, like, right? And and in it, in it, he said something along the lines of, I don't understand why Kendrick Lamar fans are so upset that oh, Tupin did Butterfly yeah. didn't win okay. album of the year. If you're that upset, you should just tell your artists to make better music, which is, <laughs> which is crazy, telling Kendrick Lamar to make better music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially Kendrick Lamar at what is arguably his peak. You can't tell me that's just him saying you should have told your favorite artist to just not be black. <laughs> like that's that's the same thing, right? Like that's why he didn't get the award, right? No, literally, it's like, because hip hop isn't viewed as like this real like artistic genre within the Grammys. Constantly gets snubbed. Constantly gets stubbed within the own genre by white artists. Mm -hmm. Macklemore in 2013. I was about to say, Kid Mad City. You can't tell me anything Macklemore's ever created or ever will create could be better than Good Kid Mad City. It's Literally. just the truth. You Literally. Just oh my God, brother. You can't and tell me there's like, not some like, I, I mess with some Taylor Swift. I mess with some Taylor Swift. I'm mm -hmm. red on top. 1989 isn't my favorite. I think the arc is cool. You know what I'm saying? The like, arc I like is the cool. storyline. Exactly. Exactly. You know? I fuck with it. I fuck with hearing the drama because you know I'm a slut for it. Mm -hmm. Or a drama podcast. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But however, I can't stand idly by while someone tells Kendrick Lamar <laughs> to make better music. No, I can't. It's an injustice. In, in praise of night, in, in praise of shake it off. Yeah, no, this is ridiculous. Imagine, imagine what you want. Uh, you house, you tar, forty acres and a mule. Mm -hmm. But you live at the mall. You could. compared to shake it off. Come on now. Come on now. Come on now. Wesley's theory. Oh my God. How much does a dollar cost? Uncle Sam, I'm your dog. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Why would Kendrick ask how much a dollar costs? A dollar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, uh, when Kendrick Lamar in, in his uh, Untitled Unmastered album said, um, head is the answer, he was actually talking about head, head in the office. Head is the future. <laughs> he was actually talking about the head in the office podcast. It's actually a, a callback. It's just the timeline. Exactly, on out. Untitled 07, the long version. You, you got to listen all the way, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's get into the actual news. Not that newsy that was news. news. Yeah, but, yeah. The, but the newsy news. We got to talk about some strikes that we actually uh, alluded to last week. I know we're like 30 minutes into the episode, <laughs> but we'll get started. We'll get started. So we have two major strikes to talk about, one that has just started off and one that might be starting in just a couple of weeks. Uh, the first one is the strike with the Writers Guild, which you may have heard about because oh, it's yeah. actually um, pretty big right now. So to set the stage and all this information I'm getting is from the LA Times. Uh, the, this is the first time in 15 years there's been a strike in Hollywood, mm -hmm. and it's the Writers Guild of America on strike right now. The last time the these writers were on strike was 2007. It lasted a hundred days, and uh, I don't I don't have the exact number, but cost the uh, the industry quite a bit of money. It was like billions of dollars. Yeah, a lot, lots and lots of money because like shows got delayed, uh, yep. a bunch of things happened, a bunch of shows got canceled, a bunch of shows went to shit. Yeah, yeah, because you know, surprise writers are uh, pretty yeah. important. <laughs> Surprising to a story. Yeah, so right now, nearly 12,000 writers for TV shows and films are on strike at the moment, uh, meaning that late-night shows that get produced weekly uh, and other, yeah, other shows that are produced mm -hmm. like week by week are about to be going dark if they haven't already. I think Stephen Colbert's gone dark. Uh, oh, Stephen really? Meyer isn't making any Stephen episodes Meyer, right now. Jimmy Fallon. A lot of them have... Um, have offered you know sympathy and support for the writers guild because mm -hmm. some of them like aren't writers themselves yeah uh, i think jimmy fallon's in the in the writers guild but a couple of them are just like the the personalities right mm -hmm. so a lot of them have supported uh or have offered support to the guild for their strike um but yeah those shows right now aren't airing because they don't have uh people there exactly. they're just doing reruns they, which they is like a kind of a, a scabby thing to do 
Oh, Even though I know, like I, I yeah. get having to put your show up just to like meet like contractual obligations. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I understand that bit a little bit, you know. Yeah. And so this is likely going to mean disruption in the production of your favorite TV shows, perhaps, or films that are perhaps. right now in production. Because uh, twelve thousands, uh, quite a few people, especially for this industry. Mm-hmm. The main contention in this strike right now is the transition towards streaming platforms because it's added a lot more work and a lot more stress for less pay for a lot of the writers. Yeah. Uh, and also residuals have declined significantly for these writers with the use of streaming platforms what this means uh residuals is like the amount of money that you would get if a show like pops off or gets purchased uh-huh. or syndicated by some other network right? it's like anytime a show or a movie or whatever would go for a rerun played yeah. more you would get a cut of that network's profits yeah. for running that show with streaming you don't get that exactly and come on like let's be real who really watches network tv anymore yeah i it's I, all I haven't watched cable in forever all of the biggest shows are network are uh <laughs> cable shut the fuck up get all the biggest <laughs> shows are streaming Both i'm having himself. a stroke today jesus christ yeah. all the biggest shows are streaming last of us is streaming i haven't heard of like a cable show being good in literally so long mm-hmm. literally yeah. so yeah. long seasons are also with streaming platforms seasons are a lot shorter meaning that writers have less work available mm-hmm. which means they're being paid less but compensation hasn't increased to account for this yeah meaning that writers are taking on many shows a year or perhaps only being able to get one show a year for example and then not being able to make ends meet because usually they would have expected to work for an entire year mm-hmm. say on 20 24 episodes um, but now they're only getting like eight episodes to work on but the pay is the same so it's just not enough yeah right they're yeah. just they're just not getting enough work uh so the demands and this is from the Associated Press right now, or higher pay, obviously. Uh, it's typically what happens in strikes like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, nearly half of the writers right now are paid the minimum rate, and wages haven't kept up with inflation really at all. And in L.A., a lot of people struggle just to get by because it's Los Angeles. Yeah. So yeah. Um, it, it's not cheap Super expensive. Uh, they're also arguing for better residuals and a larger cut of the profits made by shows or films, both in streaming and when they're like in theaters or on cable networks, uh, et cetera. Uh, they also want to require studios to maintain a staff for a set period of time. This is in response to what's known as mini rooms right now, where writers are brought in by studios and they have them come up with ideas and write episodes for shows and films that haven't been greenlit yet. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes they'll just never get greenlit and then they just wasted a bunch of time, right? They don't want this yeah, practice like to continue. Basically, they'll, they'll have your writer, your writer, they'll write the pilot, like the yeah. showrunner, head writer, they'll write the pilot. The pilot, the studio will say, okay, we'll kind of pick up this pilot. You know what I mean? Yeah. But we actually don't want to have a full writer's room for it. We just want you to produce like two or three more episodes to see if we really like it and because this isn't a show that's going into actual production we just kind of want to see we're going to pay you less and we're going to have a smaller staff so a big part of the issue that isn't necessarily financial is that a lot of writers who are just starting off in the industry are getting shafted Mm -hmm. and they're only hiring the writers with more experience but that doesn't work you can't have a future if you're only doing that so that's what a lot of the issue with the mini rooms is is there's no opportunity for people to break into the field now yeah, and it's a it's a really exploitative practice, right? Yeah, because like yeah. you have absolutely no job security if you don't know if your show or film that you've been working on for several months is ever going to get greenlit. Mm-hmm. You're kind of just stuck in a in a liminal space that you can't really <laughs> escape. You're stuck in the back rooms, exactly. Um, so it's not great. They also want to update exclusivity rules, which I think has to do with their ability to work on different shows after they've worked on one. Probably, I think that's what that has to do with. And then they also want, uh, interestingly, I thought it was interesting. Okay. They want some assurance that AI is not going to be used to fill in for writers, uh-huh. which is a, a new problem. I'll admit it's a really new problem problem that just dropped this year Mm -hmm. new New ethical dilemma just dropped (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and it's not even just like the the typical ethical dilemma of automation in certain industries. It's like straight up like what if creativity doesn't matter anymore? Yeah, you know it's what I mean? well, and it's especially crazy considering that like because studios must be thinking about this if the writers are so concerned For about sure. it, right? And it's wild because again, we we all know the business people to be like not the most creative. If you've ever tried to go into like Chat GPT and have it like analyze something. It can't really do oh, it, it for shit. Yeah. The analysis it outputs is so rudimentary and so mm -hmm. elementary. You're you're not gonna be able to function yeah. at like a high level. It's not gonna be able to do anything really creative. Maybe things will get better, but I yeah. know in response to these demands, the studio suggested a annual meeting to talk about uh, improvements in technology. Man, what? <laughs> yeah. Instead of talking about no, we we will keep the the actual human writing these shows, the human that is trained to to do analysis, to write creatively, to write mm -hmm. well and to write think of good, critically right. Uh, we'll have an annual meeting to see if we're going to replace you with a robot every year. That's crazy. Yeah. I bet they'll have Elon Musk come in as a guest speaker. <laughs> I guarantee <laughs> it. Let's have Elon Musk mediate well, this. Well, Elon Musk has been on about like AI is a threat and we need to like slow it down before it takes over. Like he's been on about that. Huh. Uh, beating that drum a little bit, which I, I thought was interesting. I suppose. Maybe, maybe a decent take coming out of him. He's just a silly, goofy guy. You throw enough shit at the wall. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, exactly. But yeah, no, ChatGPT, right now at least, like that, those kinds of software have like no capacity to do uh -huh. anything that the writers are doing, especially because I, I had an assignment back in my undergrad. Exactly. Uh, back when I was exactly. an undergrad student. I had an assignment where I used ChatGPT. This was allowed, by the way, sanctioned. Okay, okay, I didn't weird, just like weird, 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 to weird. cheat. Uh, where I used ChatGPT to like uh, analyze a Vonnegut book, which is Player Piano, if anyone's mm -hmm. read it. It's all about automation. That's kind of like the gist of it. Uh, and it couldn't do it. Uh, it, yeah. it can't read yeah. books, right? Like it doesn't know that information. So it, can, I, it like, can only parse through analysis that people have yeah. already posted prior to 2018. Which might make you think, oh, well, then their fear that AI is going to replace them in some capacity is um, unearned. I'll also remind you that this stuff is uh, improving rapidly, right? Mm -hmm. At some point, AI will be able to like speed read books yeah. or will be able to do its own sort of analysis of, of various literary and um, cinematic works. And once it's able to do that, then it is really a problem for people that are um, writing TV shows. It is crazy. And you need those productions in place now so that yeah. we don't get to that point and we've already we've already tipped the bucket over yeah and a big reason why uh the uh the workers guild has been successful or the the writers guild mm -hmm. in the past has been successful is because they've had a union for a long time same thing with uh yeah. performing artists like actors and stuff like that like they've had guilds and uh unions for quite a while to fight for their rights whereas people that work in like vfx for example yeah. or cgi that kind of uh area no of filmmaking they don't have a union yeah and so they're not able to secure themselves benefits so it's really good to see a union doing this now mm -hmm. and fighting for these protections now because i wouldn't be surprised if you know and AI learns how to just make CGI that those people just lose their jobs. And the Writers Guild is a pretty strong union. Like to mm -hmm. be a writer within Hollywood, you have to be in the Writers Guild. Yep. Um, I don't think the Writers Guild allows companies to hire staff that have hired scabs before. That's gas. That, they don't think they let you. They, they won't contract with you if you've hired non-union workers. Yeah, that's good. That's really so it's good. pretty sick. So uh, that about sums up the the demands and what's going on with this strike. And the typical narrative you see spin off from a lot of uh, strikes in general, but especially this one, I've noticed it, is that either the union's being too greedy or the strikers can just end the strike whenever they want, mm -hmm. right? Those are usually like the two prongs they stick with. Uh, but I'll remind you, executives could do that too. They can. They can end it at literally any time. And what these people are asking for is a small piece of the pie compared to how many millions or billions of dollars these industry makes every yeah. single year. It's so uh, it's incredibly reasonable. And it also sucks that I guess the system hasn't learned because this is broadly what the last strike was about. The last yeah. strike, excuse me, was about the movement moving over to more digital content yeah. and moving away from network television to do more like Netflix things. Cause that's like when Netflix and streaming was popping off. Mm -hmm. So it's like the same issue again. 
Yeah. We just never learn. Companies yeah. never learn from their mistakes. And I, I, I already hear the criticism because I've seen it in some places that like, oh, well, TV shows and films are just, they're not as good as they were, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Like the creativity being yeah. put into them isn't enough. Like they're all the same. The MCU, uh, the MCU what, it's uh, the quality is dropped off yeah, on the right. MCU project. Like everything feels like they're trying to do an MCU thing and it all feels boring. It all feels the same. Yeah. It all feels mixed together. First, my Marxist critique here would be like the reason for that is because these people aren't getting paid enough to be uh -huh. creative. They're kind of just stuck in these areas where they're barely getting paid enough to survive. So, of course, they're coming up with like a worse product. When you have writers that have to go on assistance yeah. just to be able to make their year. Uh, I think you're going to have bad creative products come out. But at the same time, the industry is immensely profitable, right? Yeah. The executives of the companies that create these shows or films have millions hundreds of millions of dollars to their mm -hmm. names millions of dollars they're taking in in bonuses that they give to themselves every single year and the truth is that even if you hate these shows it is the writers and everyone else that works on the shows that is creating this profit yeah and even if you hate the shows the profit is there and the profit should be theirs in exactly. in a in a marxist uh sense obviously they deserve all of the profit because they're creating all of the <laughs> profit but if we're operating in a capitalist sense then yeah the profit should be shared and they should get a bigger piece of the pie so they can at least survive in california yeah like like even even like despite Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania not being the best, it was MCU bad, right? Movie, I didn't like it. It wasn't that great. I didn't yeah. really fuck with it. And I I'm thought, an MCU. I, I thought it had had its moments, yeah. But overall, I was like, this is kind of mid. D despite that, despite it being a mid product that they wrote, right, mm -hmm. still generated a fuck ton of money. Oh yeah, they still did that. Their labor still drew that in. Yeah, or like even uh, the the Star Wars sequels, the, the yeah. newer ones that came out. I wasn't a big fan of most of them. Yeah, I don't right? fuck I, with the sequels. But I, like, I didn't like them that much. But if pay they, the writers. If they made millions, billions of dollars, then yeah, they deserve to have a, a piece of the that pie. Obviously, who made that happen exactly. should be able to cut into those profits. If it's, they're making all it's that absurd. money, it's absurd. It's like it's the same thing if you if you hate McDonald's food, for example, like I do. Yeah. You wouldn't say that the the workers don't deserve the money that they're producing through their yeah, labor. You make shit food so it doesn't matter the right. grueling hours that so, you work at this yeah. menial job. You make shit food so <laughs> the person making, you know, $300 million a year deserves all of that money. Like, it's kind of nonsense. <laughs> exactly, exactly. No, and it's also stupid because, like, if we can justify within capitalism that, like, companies, like, I used this example a while ago. I can't remember the exact company, but the car company in the 90s that had a brake failure that they mm -hmm. knew about, that they calculated and found out that, oh, Oh, okay, we can let people die. Yeah. It is cheaper to let people die and pay out the settlements, the class action lawsuit, than it would be to recall the car and right. fix the brakes. If that's justifiable within capitalism, how is it not justifiable to say, oh my God, the last strike cost us millions upon millions upon millions of dollars. Maybe we shouldn't let it go to a strike. Maybe we should give them what they want now. Right. Exactly. Why Why do companies, because we'll get to this when we talk about UPS and mm -hmm. more hard numbers, because that's the next strike that might happen in a couple of weeks. Why do companies allow it to get to the point where they lose upwards of a billion dollars right just to cave in eventually anyway i mean i think that's what capitalism incentivizes right yeah like the, the core mechanic behind capitalism is you make as much money as possible it's all about the accumulation mm -hmm. of wealth and if you don't make as much money as possible one uh you're violating your fiduciary responsibility to your shareholders <laughs> yeah. that you are legally bound to and two you run the risk of being consumed in the marketplace because mm -hmm. if you're not constantly revolutionizing how you do things constantly demanding more out of your workers and siphoning as much profit as you yeah. can off of them uh uh, then you're liable to lose your competitor. And if you do that, then that's a fate worse than death, right? Yeah, absolutely. But it, but it's also like, I feel like the issue goes deeper than just like purely capitalism sure. as an economic system and American capitalism and how we think of workers. Because capitalism, your fiduciary responsibility would dictate that you do the move that is going to cost you the least. Mm -hmm. And when strikes can hold out for so long that it can cripple companies, yeah. right? The best thing to do is just give in. 
and give their demands. And they don't do that. And I feel like it points to just this disdain towards workers and this cultural idea that they are asking for too much and they don't deserve it. And look at them like I'm giving them a job anyway. They're they're buying avocado toast in L.A. Why are you living in L.A.? Why are you doing all this? Why don't you spend your money better so I don't have to give up my uh, fucking, what is it, the guy who owns the parent company to CEN has like a $350 million (laughs) salary. Right. Yeah. And that was a, that was a a critique I was going to bring up after the UPS strike, but it's a good point. So I'll talk about it now. It's that, right. Like capitalism is a, is a, an economic organization, Uh right? That's, that's really all it is. It's an economic system. It has to do obviously with politics and, and how we interact socially too, but at its heart, it's an economic system. And with all previous economic Mm -hmm. systems that include an amount of domination, there are both economic justifications for it and moral justifications, right? If we think about the system of slavery, the economic justification is it's free labor and it's really efficient because we can tell them to do whatever they, and whatever economic they want. Economic justifications, but we'll start a war over because the South, we, oh no, guys, we'd be crippled if we didn't right. have all this free labor. Or even if we go back to like uh, kingdoms and serfs, right? It's economic, like the king is very economically well mm-hmm. off, right? He's doing really well. So obviously let's keep the serfs around and make them do all the work. They're peasants and we get to control all of them. Capitalism's yeah. the same way, right? It's uh, the bosses control everything. And the, there's a bunch of uh, economic justifications that come along with it. Like it's the most efficient system we have. It allows for freedom, yada, yada. Like the list goes yeah, on. Blah, blah, blah. There's always economic justifications yeah. for every uh, economic system that we have. But the moral justifications also come in. Mm-hmm. With slavery, certainly uh, race-based slavery, it was that, you know, black people are subhuman. Mm-hmm. They deserve to be in this position. It's what God ordained for them. They're less than white people. They should be working for us. Yeah. And with capitalism, it's, it's a sort of similar thing. The racism still exists, obviously. But it's more like... You're not working as hard as I am, so you deserve to be in this position. Yeah. You deserve to not have the same amount of power as I do because anyone can get to my position when we all know that's just not the case. Exactly. The idea is that, well, I deserve this because I worked hard and you deserve to starve because somehow you yeah. must not be working as hard as me despite honestly working more hours than I really do mm-hmm. in a week. And the gimmick is that these justifications are always nonsense, Mm -hmm. right? Like they don't have anything to do with what's actually happening. And they usually just run cover for how terrible the system is. But they still exist. And I think the the moral argument, or I guess you could say the immoral argument, is that workers just deserve to be in the position that they are in. Yeah, that's not true. Obviously, the, the, the like cultural argument is that we 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 have a system of values that justifies like the worth of labor based Mm -hmm. on salary which is a backwards way to do it. Salary should be justified based on how much that labor is providing. Yeah. And that is the the pure Marxist critique, mm-hmm. right? It's your, your labor should be compensated for what you produce, the full fruits of your labor. Yeah. You shouldn't be given compensation based on like an arbitrary, like, well, we have, we have a market value for the salary. Yeah. Right. We, we, there's, there's a job market. There's a labor market. We have to pay you market value despite this job, maybe not producing much. I understand that you're the CEO of a company and you don't work 327 times harder than your employees but we're going to pay you that much more right so then we create this backwards way of thinking that oh well they deserve all of that because of their salary not they deserve their salary because of the work that they provide and it's even like teachers for example right like the most important job in the world yeah you know what i mean like teaching the youth educating them preparing them to even in a capitalist sense go and become workers and and make the country productive or Mm -hmm. compete against other nations they get paid nothing compared to like some dude that creates weapons at Raytheon. Facts. You know what I mean? Like that's complex work. They, they, they get paid nothing compared to like a kid who got a, from a well-off family who got a mechanical engineering degree and then got right. recruited instantly by Lockheed Martin to make weapons <laughs> <Yeah>. award. <laughs> like you, you can't tell me that this system has anything to do with rewarding work that's actually valuable. Yeah. Just, yeah. It just doesn't. <laughs> 
moving on to the second strike we got to talk about, though. That's UPS. And this was, uh, yep. I think it was in a review that we read last week. It was. They put us on. It out. So, yeah, uh, whoever wrote that review, thanks. You put us on. And um, the story you wanted is getting featured right now. So, right. congrats for that. This is um, for you. Let's set the stage for this one. This is uh, some information I'm pulling from Reuters. So back in mid-April, Teamsters began negotiations for a UPS contract for the UPS workers, and their current contract expires on July 31st, after which they can begin striking if they don't get a contract that they like. Okay. This contract covers about 340,000 drivers, package handlers, loaders, etc. Basically, everybody that works for UPS mm-hmm. that is in the union, it's um, hundreds of thousands of people, so a lot bigger than the strike we were just talking about with the writers. Mm-hmm. The last UPS strike was in 1997. Lasted only 15 days, but costed the company $850 million. Crazy. It's like, again, Tons of money. they ate all of that money just to cave anyway. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They, just the to cave point. anyway. Yeah. Management has publicly said that they expect to get to a deal on uh, before July 31st, so they don't expect a strike to happen. Mm-hmm. This is for management. Um, but obviously, we'll... You know how that goes. They they're, always That's what they're always going to say. They're never going to say, oh, we actually don't think we're going to cave <laughs> yeah. in and we're going to get shit on them. Especially when it's more than a month out, right? Uh-huh. Like, you, uh-huh. you wouldn't do that. Uh, the president of the union has said, though, that he is prepared. Uh, he and his members are prepared to strike if necessary, and they have over $300 million in a strike fund ready to go. Yes. Uh, so that is, that's pretty huge. That's so what it seems union like dues are for. President of the union, and this is the new Teamsters president, and I know the old one, uh, people didn't like him very much because yeah. he was a, a bit too corporate, but the new one has said, like, yeah, we're, we're ready to strike if we need to uh, and we're, we're not stopping until we get everything that we want uh, some stats for you so that you know how important UPS is UPS workers deliver over six billion packages a year which is crazy I didn't know that nuts. before I read That's about it fucking nuts and that accounts for six percent of the US's GDP total oh my uh, which god. is like an insane oh my god they're like a, an insane service that they provide for the United States about half as many workers walked off the job in 1997 compared to this potential strike it was like 180,000 or something like that and that was already one of the largest and most expensive strikes and in US adjust history. that for inflation yeah and it's right. crazy like it could be devastating yeah uh, and given uh, that union membership has doubled, of course, it, it could be even worse. Mm-hmm. UPS workers were declared essential back in 2020. They worked through the pandemic to deliver packages and uh, continue to this day. So really vital for the U.S. economy, uh, producing billions of dollars for people that uh, that, that run the company. So yeah. pretty important. Yeah. But I feel like that's where an issue comes in and an issue that I get scared about is that because they're declared essential workers, is something going to change if they do strike? Is oh, UPS lobbying for legislation mm-hmm. right now to make it so that essential workers can't go on strike? Much like how healthcare workers can't strike. Yeah, I mean, it's like uh, with the railroads, right? The argument that we made was that they're so important that if they want something, they should get it, right? Like if the economy collapses because they don't work, then maybe they should be, I don't know, given time with their family. (laughs) Um, Joe Biden fucking disagreed, (laughs) I guess, because he broke the strike. Congress doesn't have the power right now to step in and do that. And it's anyone's guess if legislation would pass that quickly to make it so Joe Biden could stop this. Purely like speculation. It's just something that I'm worried about for the future. Um, But I think one thing they got going for them is that UPS isn't as integral as the railroad industry is, right? The country, our country developed because of railroads. Our country runs on railroads. Exactly. So I don't think it's as important, but UPS delivers all kinds of important stuff. They do. UPS delivers medicine, just like railroads do. UPS delivers all kinds of things that you need to get by. They delivered vaccines, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there's an argument that, you know, some states may may try to step in and stop it, but they got people all over the country that are ready to strike. 300,000 people that could go on strike. Um, That would undeniably be one of the, the biggest in U.S. history, which is like, 
if you got to do it, you know, strikes aren't pleasant. Uh -huh. um, they shouldn't uh -huh. like it, it's good to see people go on strike because it's it's flexing worker power, obviously. And we like to see that. But it's a shame. It has to happen. Yeah, right? It's not like a, a means to an fun act. thing. Like strikes are celebrated right now because it's like, OK, yeah, a worker is taking the power back. But the means that the circumstances that got them to strike should not be celebrated. And mm -hmm. the circumstances of like the strike, like the conditions that these laborers are going to have to go through shouldn't be celebrated. Right. But it's the idea that they are taking some of the power back is what we fuck with. And I think that's ultimately, that might be sort of an answer to your question of like, why do you just like not eat the cost now rather than drag it out and lose even more later yeah. on is because ultimately, even if they do concede and save however many hundreds of millions of dollars, cause they won't be going on strike for 15 days or whatever. Mm -hmm. Ultimately it's a concession to worker power yeah. and that empowers them to keep asking for more. Right. And they should insane. keep asking for more because in our worldview, they should. should have it all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But I think that, bosses fundamentally understand or at least have a knee-jerk reaction a, a gut reaction to understand that if workers gain more and more control that they're kind of fucked because mm -hmm. they're not essential to the operation it's like it's fundamentally because bo your boss hates you yeah <laughs> your boss fucking hates you yeah no matter how much you get emails like oh my god yeah we're a family here here at walmart all of our associates are a family they fucking despise you mm -hmm. they 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 wish they didn't have to have I, you i literally saw like back in december there was some company i don't know if it's a big company or not that was like doing bonuses yes and it was a fucking um, bag of love uh, it was air <laughs> you know what i mean like that was the christmas bonus like that's crazy crazy like i i would be pissed i thought you were gonna talk about um the like chair company herman miller oh herman yeah. miller and that what was their like a CEO month ago. yeah yeah and how they were like yeah actually we're not going to be doing bonuses for any of you work harder you need to like make up all of this but i'm actually taking make more chairs <laughs> make more chairs i'm taking a huge bonus though myself yeah no that's yeah that Pretty was sad. that one was crazy too You're, but yeah your bosses fundamentally hate you they don't and, like and they have structural pressure to hate you right like their goal is to They're derive as much to hate surplus you. off of you as they can that's literally their position. to, to just suck all the labor out of you that they can yep yep so for uh the ups strike we don't have a demands list yet obviously because it hasn't started uh -huh. so we don't know exactly what they're going to be demanding we haven't i don't think there's been any like contract negotiation leaks or anything we can like always that. guesstimate though um but from what i can tell from the articles i've read the union seeking for higher wages pretty normal given higher profits within the company yep. uh, and they want to eliminate mandatory overtime among a couple of other protections and they want to fix the fucked up shift system that's work that's happening shift right now system is crazy yeah so uh, a lot of ups workers right Right now, either work two jobs uh, or some of the workers have had their full time shifts split into two part time shifts, which just like disrupts being alive as a human. Yeah. Uh, some drivers will do a and this is what I saw reported on. I can't remember the article, but okay, there's some okay. article I was reading. Uh, some drivers do a, a 4 a.m. to 8 a.m. shift, then leave and then come back for a 4.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. shift. Then rinse and repeat, and like that's just their life. Just uh, bonkers, Crazy. literally just bonkers. Six percent of GDP, and, and that's your life. Uh -huh. like, come on now. Uh -huh. So that's um, that's absolutely. How terrible. do you do anything when you have to work hours? Can't like even that? sleep, right? Yeah, yeah. Because like, what what you go home, go to bed at uh nine o'clock, wake up at three o'clock to get ready for work. That's what six hours, mm -hmm. unless you want to sleep all day and stay up all night. At that point, you're basically working third shift. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, no, that's it's crazy. I, I can't imagine having to do that. So hopefully they get everything they want. Um, obviously, we don't want a strike to happen. We hope they can get everything out of negotiations. But um, given how companies have acted uh, the past two years, I, I don't mm -hmm. think it's I think it's probably going to come down to a strike. Yeah, the entitled company. 
The yeah. entitled company. The lazy the entitled the company. The lazy entitled company. Uh, I just think, you know, I, I, we like talking about this stuff, obviously, because we're, we're allies here, right? Yeah. You know, we're standing in solidarity with these people. Of course, of course. Um, but I also think that these strikes serve as, as pretty prime examples about how conflict, as we mentioned before, is kind of just embedded into the system, mm-hmm. right? Like a lot of people like to make the argument or like to think because it makes them feel good that capitalism is a sort of system of social harmony where, you know, the bosses need labor and you need work and you kind of work together to produce something. Mm-hmm so that you can both profit. But in reality, of course, uh, you need to survive. Yeah. Uh, and the boss wants to extract profit off of you because you need to survive and everything's locked behind a paywall. And fundamentally, it's a it's a system of conflict because yeah. the boss wants to extract as much as they can and you want to be paid as much as you can. You need to survive and your boss lives in excess and wants more excess. <laughs> yeah. Because the way the dynamic works, right, is if, if your boss could leave you as just a hollow sack of meat that doesn't need to eat, sleep, enjoy anything, Mm-hmm. and could just work they would that would be the optimal world for them because they wouldn't have to deal with any like the human costs associated with labor right yeah it's absurd yeah and they it's- have so much power to genuinely treat you like that mm-hmm. ridiculous yeah so um i really hope i hope the writers are successful i hope they get everything mm-hmm. that they want uh, I hope more in the in the hollywood filmmaking tv making industry gets everything mm-hmm. that they want if they have to go on strike as well um, hope these USB, UPS workers get everything they want, and uh, we'll uh, we'll keep monitoring the situation. That's right. We got you. We all. will. We will. We will. Now moving on to a, a next story. Uh, uh-huh. Now we're going to be talking about uh, some tragic events happening in the New York subway. Mm-hmm. So a couple of days ago, I think it was last Monday. Okay. Right. Yeah. Last Monday, a homeless a homeless black man, Jordan Neely, was choked to death on a New York City yep. subway. So what happened here? Right. Based on eyewitness accounts, I got this from CNN. Uh, we know that Neely, like many other homeless people, was seeming to have a mental health crisis. Mm-hmm. Uh, witnesses on the train said he was seen yelling about how sick he is of having no food and that he didn't care if he died anymore because he he can't he can't have food. He can't yeah. do anything. He can barely survive. He's fucking homeless. Yeah. Right. right. So he was at, sort of at his wits end having a mental breakdown. Um, and I naturally screaming on the subway is going to make some passengers uncomfortable and that's fine. That's understandable. That's sure, yeah. justifiable to be like that. It's a weird thing to witness. And uh, noticing that, another passenger, Daniel Penny, a 24-year-old Marine, decided to take matters into his own hands and put Neely in what would be a fatal chokehold on the ground for about seven minutes. Um, and while Neely couldn't speak because of the rear naked choke and the arm wrapped around his neck, another passenger went up to restrain his arms. Yeah, there was no single way that he would have even been able to express himself being restrained like that. Yeah. And that's very important when you consider just the excess of what Penny did. Yeah. Seven yeah. minutes on the ground choking someone is insane and so fucking excessive and it's intentional right like you don't yeah. do that out of a reaction yeah. or out of being scared you you do that intentionally the whole time and the reason we're covering this today is because it's it's made national headlines a lot of conservative talking heads have been on about it people like matt walsh and ben shapiro have been defending this action against conservatives Jordan and conservative media in general has just even. been defending it yeah. valorizing him praising his vigilante justice yeah it's insane. Yeah. It's 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 absolutely fucking ridiculous. So a lot of people again have been hard defending the killer, and then uh, a lot of conservative outlets have been using this as a means to call for more police in New York City. I saw a New York Post article. <sighs> yeah, exactly, more police in New York City. You you you'd get taken to like Rikers if you if you jump the fare on uh, the subway, but uh, they want more police. Like you'd be put in a supermax prison facility. They want more police in the city that already has enough police to fucking invade Afghanistan. Six billion dollars goes into NYPD every. 
a year. What more do like, you want? They, they have enough police in the NYPD to occupy a foreign country <laughs> yeah. as a military force. And they have the equipment to do it, too, yeah. which is the nutty, like, uh, way nuttier. Tanks. Part of guns, this, right? Because, yeah. like, I saw a New York Post article earlier when I was reading about the story talking about how, like, oh, leftists and progressive are up in arms about this one. Where were they? The 27 other subway killings that happened the last couple of years. One, you can't literally focus on every tragic thing that happens ever. Like, Especially that's in a city, like, just a, a crazy city, thing. Right? I can't comment on every murder. Yeah. that happens and you you can't say i'm not against a murder if i don't because mm-hmm. it's just unreasonable we live in a country with 350 million fucking people right new york city has millions of people within well, it and it's a, a lot of bad yeah. shit happens all the time that one person can't get to and two it's obviously just so that they can talk about getting more cops there mm-hmm. because like oh these progressives don't want to look at the real solution when the real solution is something that we'll get into when we talk about and this it's like it, it, it is notable that jordan neely was a, a black person right like yeah you oh, obviously absolutely can't notable. overlook that because uh conservatives will often be like oh well you know when when a black person hurts a white person or when um you know it's a white person on a white person nobody talks about it you guys only care when a black mm-hmm. person is killed by like a, a white person or by a white cop or something like that and it's like that's not true, though. Yeah. I don't. If yeah. Jordan Neely was a white guy, I also wouldn't want him executed in the subway. Literally, for having a mental health crisis. Yeah. For having a mental health crisis, witnesses say he didn't harm anybody. He was not armed. He mm-hmm. had not harmed anyone yet, and some dude decided to put him in a chokehold. And the excess of it is so crazy, because you, you look at an MMA fight, professional fighters, rounds are only five minutes. You couldn't possibly choke somebody that long. Mm-hmm. And in a professional fight, right, rear naked chokes are still incredibly dangerous. Yeah. When you actually sink it and finally get your elbow in there to choke someone the person is either gonna tap or if they don't have enough time to tap because you lose consciousness quick the ref will immediately stop you once that person goes limp because you cannot keep going once someone goes limp or you'll you'll be a fucking vegetable or die right and that's another point i want to bring up he went unconscious and he continued to choke him and the other passenger continued to restrain his arms for minutes after he had already gone unconscious yeah it's it's no wonder that he fucking died right there is a reason that Police departments, not a progressive institution, <laughs> mind you. Yeah, by, by its design, right? The, yeah. the NYPD, the LAPD, the Chicago PD, absolutely not progressive. Horribly racist. Have yeah. all banned chokeholds. Yeah. Because in situations where deadly force is not authorized, it is wholly inappropriate because of the undue risk that it poses. Mm-hmm. It's absurd. Yeah. It's fucking absurd. And I, I feel like people, and this is a, a point that I've seen a couple of like lefties make, and I, I think I agree with it. Mm-hmm. This, I feel like, People on the left would have been more mad had it been a cop that did this. Yeah. But for some reason, it just being a regular dude didn't make people as mad as I thought it would, which I thought was strange. I I think it's because a regular dude... Like, like a cop, it's like when, when a cop does something like this, it highlights institutional inequities Sure, because a cop should know better. Mm -hmm. But I also think that we shouldn't embold a regular person to be able to do something like this, which is insane. I I think it's still the the most insane. Uh Like it's, it's still up there with if a cop, it's just the, the, the problems that it highlights are different. Yeah, no, I, I think that's true. It's just, I, you know, I see the conservative response to this, and it's this, you know, it's this Marine who's in civilian mode mm-hmm. uh, that just goes and executes this dude yeah. on the subway. Uh, yeah, and they, like, they, they lionize him, they valorize him, they support this action. They say it was wholly justified when there are passengers that said, like, no, I didn't feel threatened by him. Like, he's making me uncomfortable, but he wasn't hurting anybody. Yeah. And I just, it's like, how do, how do we look at this? 
and think like, yeah, this is a normal country. Like this is mm-hmm. this is perfectly normal and acceptable. Or even like, oh, yeah. well, this is just like a one-off thing that happened, and you know, it'll it'll be fine. I don't know. It's just it rubs me the wrong way how people have been well, reacting. It's like, to it's this. like that's like what the elephant in the room is, right? Because yeah. like, I live, and and we can address it. It's like, yeah, okay, when when a, when a homeless person, when anyone is having a mental health crisis, yeah. and freaking out in public like that. It is wholly reasonable to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It is wholly reasonable to even feel unsafe when you're around a, a homeless person who is acting erratically. Yeah. As just a regular person, that's fine. And it's those feelings that conservatives are taking advantage of when they foster these narratives of mm-hmm. how how uh, Penny was such a was a hero for stopping this guy. Yeah. Because he's not. It was, it's excessive and everything. But but anyway, they use that and they take those very real justifiable feelings. And they analyze it from a surface level and say, okay, well, clearly we need more security. Mm-hmm. Clearly something needs to happen to a, to to get these homeless people off the streets so that we don't have to worry about this anymore. Right. And their solution for getting homeless people off the streets is, oh, have more cops come and terrorize them. Yeah. And this maybe it's like this story feels like it's right out of like 1987. Yeah. Like it, it feels like it's right out of uh, Ronald Reagan's war on drugs. Uh like mass incarceration campaign like it, it feels exactly from that era because it's 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 preying on this idea of like the black criminal and in the need to be in the need to like protect good white people mm-hmm. from them you know what i mean it's yeah. just it's really gross what they're doing i don't like it and also like vigilantism right yeah looks cool in like tv shows video games you know like spider-man pretty cool yeah uh, it's, real life it's, I don't fuck with vigilantism. Not cool. No. Not cool. And Due even, process is actually really cool and base. Even within, like, superhero media, they've kind of been moving away from that, right? Because Spider-Man doesn't work when he's just beating the shit out of some dude who wants to pay rent. Yeah. Spider-Man works. Spider-Man is more radically heroic and doing a more radical, true version of justice yeah. when he lets the purse snatcher go, but still returns the purse. Mm-hmm. Because he understands, like, what's... <laughs> the socioeconomic he, Exactly. Yeah. As a person from New York doing... In a way, community policing, <laughs> he understands the conditions that got that person there, right? And that's why yeah. superhero media works a lot better when the threats are people like the lizard mm-hmm. and not some dude who just wants to pay rent. Some guy who's poor. Because there are actual justifiable reasons for why the lizard needs to be stopped with violence. I mean, I don't know. We still see Spider-Man beating the shit out of, like, uh, petty we do. criminals. We, and, we, and, we do. And but prison he, breakers. The, superheroes you know? in general work best when they yeah. are going against super villains who have a super reason for being violent and not villains like Carly Morgenthau (laughs) (laughs) who who are kind of just right and they're textually right too yeah but then they randomly kill people and then the writers just have to throw something in Uh, that's a discussion for another day anyway but it's like again we all know homelessness is a problem oh yeah but the problem that goes understated is solving the issues that got these people the 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 material conditions that Mm -hmm. the homeless people live in the material conditions that got people to be homeless yeah and that's where the solutions lie, is in solving them. It's in reigning in the housing market, having less single-family zoning, yeah. doing more mixed zoning, allowing more affordable housing to become in, allowing more apartment units to become in. Because, like, yeah, sorry, NIMBYs, it does lower your property values, but it gives people a place to have shelter. Yeah, like, I don't care. I, I, I really don't give a shit if your house in Bel Air is a couple million dollars less yeah. because an apartment complex is, like, I don't know, a mile over. 
You, yeah. you should be able to eat that shit. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's the age-old story where conservatives, and you know what, liberals alike, because even in the liberal media, mm-hmm. they don't know how to analyze the more structural causes of people having mental health episodes out in public. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it's, you know, these people don't have a place to live. These people are struggling to make ends meet, if they can make ends meet at all. Mm-hmm. They don't have, say, food to eat, as Jordan Neely was talking about, like, he, he can't get by. So, like, obvi- like, obvi- like this is, it's so obvious that it is the material yeah. conditions that these people exist under that is driving them insane and, and driving mm-hmm. them to make people feel uncomfortable and then some fucking psycho marine just executes him because it's like that's that's how you have to not to not to take away responsibility from the dude who killed him like that's murder mm-hmm. oh yeah obviously. no he he did murder he did a very bad thing but like, let, like let's look at all the conditions here, he, right? he is the violent one in this scenario yeah like jordan neely did no violence the only violence that was committed was by penny yeah by the marine that fucking killed and by the him system the of subway. capitalism <laughs> yeah. exactly oh yeah the structural violence exactly <laughs> the structural violence of poverty right but we also just need equitable access to mental health for sure shit like that and we need better social safety nets to stop people from falling into yeah. homelessness uh yeah a country with justice would have gotten him the resources he needs to yeah. at the very least not be having yeah a mental health crisis out out in public like at the very least mm-hmm. that's what we would have done because yes there are times where homeless people do get violent yeah. There are times with homeless people do very bad things. There are times when people that are in bad spots, it's why crime happens. Yeah. Be because they're in bad spots and they are put into these spots by their material conditions. And that's the level we need to analyze it at. Mm-hmm. Because okay, just throwing a homeless person in jail isn't gonna solve anything systemically. Exactly ridiculous and like conservatives will always look at this response through the lens of like oh so you want to reward people for being lazy or oh you want to reward people for committing crime it's like no No. (laughs) i'm an adult who wants to like solve the problem you know what i mean like we've known for literally thousands of years that it is poverty that motivates crime (laughs) we know this there's so much sociological evidence suggests that everything even if you just think critically about it for a few seconds you know that i want to actually solve the crimes that you Mm -hmm. bitch about every day yeah like but nobody nobody likes to look that deep at, at problems, at least not the people in power. Because so. it's not fun and it's not it doesn't have like a like a cool solution if you're one of those tactical second yeah. amendment guys. Yeah. Exactly. Like, oh, uh bringing in affordable housing development doesn't get the clicks that I don't know fucking killing a homeless guy does. Exactly, right. It's crazy. Right. Crazy. Matt, Matt Walsh gotta get that ad money somehow before he gets fucking <laughs> yeah. banned for saying the N word on, <laughs> on YouTube, which he might do soon. He might, you might drop it. <laughs> Matt Walsh N word reveal might be coming pretty soon. That'd be crazy. Uh, moving on to some immigration talk. Okay, we're, we're doing some newsy news this week for it's, sure. It's it's um, kind of like police and homelessness, but at like a bigger level. Yeah, honestly, you it know? is. It's another issue that Joe Biden's been pretty weak on. Um, hasn't <laughs> yeah. done much about, at least from our perspective. Uh, so you may have been hearing recently about this impending, inevitable immigration crisis. Uh, well, if you're listening to conservatives, it's been an immigration crisis since like, uh, I don't know, like 1776 or yeah, something. If you're listening to, <laughs> as uh, right after 1776, <laughs> yeah, yeah. massive immigration crisis yeah, yeah, that's yeah. been ongoing. Um, so if you're, if you've been listening to them, it's been happening since the birth of the nation. Um, hey, yo. <laughs> 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 little joke for you all if you understood that one um but if for even like liberal media recently has been bringing up this idea that the the border is about to be flooded there's about to be a lot more people trying to come in and they're not far off but not for the reasons that they are offering and yeah. i want to i want to try to explain this so we all know title 42 right friend of the show um <laughs> friend of the show great long, guy actually standing topic that we've talked about it's a it's a trump era covid immigration policy that basically allows the executive to turn away immigrants from entering the nation really for any reason, but it's stated purposes uh, because there's an ongoing public health crisis, right? Mm-hmm. So we could say because we're trying to pre- uh, prevent the spread of the pandemic, we can turn any and all immigrants away that we want to. Well, this 
law, or this, I guess it's more of like a rule. This rule only exists insofar as there is a public health emergency. And we just declared COVID to not be a thing anymore, yeah? Right. We said COVID is no longer a public health emergency. uh, And as such, the the emergency, um, uh, the official emergency is going to end on May 11th. That's when the the uh, the lapse in this emergency announcement is going to end. And again, it's like Title 42 is basically this trump card that allows you to turn away anybody. And you can do this by avoiding the normal hearing process that's required yeah. by law, which is why it was employed by both Donald Trump and, unfortunately, Joe Biden as well. But a lot of people are raising the alarm bells because Biden's not going to be able to use this anymore after May 11th because mm-hmm. Title 42 is going to expire along with the public health emergency. So people are predicting, maybe correctly, that there's going to be an influx of migrants uh, that uh, that try to come into the border because there's thousands of people that have been waiting yeah. for Title 42 to end. Which would make sense. Right. And even the people that just want to come back yeah. from being kicked away. But obviously the, the point where liberals and conservatives are wrong is that this is any kind of crisis really at all. Yeah. You know what I the mean? The only crisis is the humanitarian one. Yeah, exactly. That is going to result from our inhumane treatment of people at the border and yeah. the humanitarian crises that we've caused mm-hmm. in these Latin American countries that have caused them to migrate in the first place. As, as we argue all the time, the international policy and the immigration policy, uh, its brutality, both mm-hmm. of their brutality, is uh, is pretty bipartisan. It always yeah, is. Like the biggest theme for this episode, is, 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 these issues are systemic. Right. These issues are a lot more than just somebody wants to come into the country. Mm-hmm. It's not just that. There's there's a lot going on behind the scenes. Well, and it's like, right, like Obama deporter in chief, right? Mm-hmm. Like that was the moniker he earned. And then Trump came in, up the ante, kids in cages. Yeah. And then Biden renamed the kids in cages, like what, processing facilities or something? He renamed the kids like, in cages to something like, I guess, cooler, gave him like two more showers. Yeah. <laughs> and then kept and all book. of Trump's Kamala immigration Harris gave them policies. her book <laughs> you, know I mean? like that's, that, uh, you guys can buy this book actually she yeah. put it in the stores right like it's all it's all extremely <laughs> extremely and needlessly brutal that's the way it's yeah. always been for our immigration <laughs> policy uh and it looks like that's going to continue because the biden administration has promised to turn away anyone and potentially bar them from re-entry if they simply cross the border without going through the uh the entry process that they've established which is like that's always the excuse you know yeah and it's like, I get it. You want people to go through the uh, official process. But the problem here is that the process is they want people to apply for entry from their home country, say in Guatemala or Colombia, for example. Uh-huh. From like the embassy, right? Right. But the problem, well, even I think they're starting like an online portal or whatever. Okay. Uh, but the problem, of course, is that if they got to leave their home to flee, they can't do that beforehand. Yeah, they can't wait. They're they're fleeing. I would imagine that like migration from, you know, political violence or gang violence or poverty isn't something you really plan. Yeah. Uh, It probably just happens and you got to get away. And And the United States is the closest, most prosperous country you can go to. Spoiler alert. Government websites suck. Yeah, that too. (laughs) They're pretty shitty, actually. Yeah. And also you want people to just like sit and wait for months while there's, again, violence around them. Things are falling apart Mm -hmm. uh, for them to potentially be denied. Like, of course not. I know you're going to seek a better life for your children. I know you're facing the threat of very real political, like very real physical violence Mm -hmm. being done against you and your family. But however, I'm going to need you to go through these additional steps of bureaucracy from that place of violence to be able to come here and do things better. I yeah. still won't get much better for you. And, and again, just like we mentioned, there's always an economic and a, and a moral argument that's made with these things. People that don't want immigrants will say, oh, they're a drain on the economy, but also uh-huh. morally, they, they're just Even like racist, that's right? unequivocally wrong. Right. And, and then, of course, yeah, there's an economic yeah. argument on our side where it's like, no, immigrants put in more than they ever take out because they, they don't qualify they for the same benefits. aren't allowed to ent- do social safety nets. Yeah, like. But a lot of this is just like straight up racism. It always has been, yeah. of course, um, because there's no problem with people coming in from the Canadian border, but whatever. Um to make things worse from the uh, the Biden angle, he's also sending an additional 1,500 Border Patrol agents to the border. Uh, cool. This is on top of existing police officers that are just going to be there already. 
Um, so you know, that's cool. You know those budget cuts that like 43 Senate Republicans just signed on to in order yeah, for yeah, them yeah. to raise the debt ceiling? The why don't why yeah. don't we why don't we cut those agents instead of the IRS? Yeah, agents all or, of them. Something else. Just cut cut those 15,000 Border Patrol agents. If any unemployment's good, <laughs> that's it. Right? That would be a fun thing that mm-hmm. Democrats could suggest or something. It's no chance. They wouldn't. No chance. They wouldn't. They're already still trying to get rid of like the uh, the defund the police tag but they still oh think my god i forgot about that yeah everyone's no like chance. oh my god i'm not i'm not trying to defund the police and i am not a socialist cory booker like smiling and laughing when they funded the police like i love the police <laughs> i love them so much actually eric adams is my yeah. best friend yeah uh biden has said that these uh 1500 agents that are going to the border are in strictly administrative roles uh, oh, you know okay. how that goes right the brutality is yeah. all the same for sure for sure for sure no guys we're moving the bureaucracy to them yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this, of course, comes at a time when Greg Abbott is still forcibly busing immigrants to cities like New York, Chicago, etc. He's still doing. Oh that? yeah, still he's been doing it ever since we covered it for the first oh, time. Oh my god! Uh, without any real notice or preparation for their arrival, and I saw people like Eric Adams and other mayors are complaining. Actually, I also I saw some other analysis that he's uh-huh. only sending immigrants to cities with black mayors, <laughs> which I thought was crazy. <laughs> like just, the racism is just blatant. Uh, but these mayors have been complaining, and, and that's supposed to be like a sort of gotcha for conservatives. But it's uh-huh. like, yeah, if you don't have any preparation for their arrival, you don't have any notice that they're coming, and you you aren't really working with the city to manage them, then, like, yeah, of course it's going to be hard. And it's also like states that aren't on the border shouldn't have to deal with border state things. <laughs> well, yeah, right, of course. You, like, Eric Adams, as much as I despise him, signed up to govern a city yeah. in on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. In Texas, border state, like the the issues that those two people face are not the same and they shouldn't be the same. Right. And even so, like, again, we I obviously support like uh, a nationwide system to transport people wherever they want to go to meet up with family members, because that's commonly what it is. Right. You're crossing the border to meet family, cousins that you have here, that kind of thing. Obviously, I support that. But what Greg Abbott is doing is just sending them to liberal cities that they randomly don't know where they are randomly as a as a means to like dunk on Eric Adams doing human trafficking with taxpayer money and conservatives love to talk about wasteful democrat spending yeah no but love this it's like it, yeah it's one of the most like racist brutal things i can imagine <laughs> yeah like uh the state of texas doing but that is still going on uh and and it's going to continue to go on i would imagine as, as people try to migrate into the into the country wow so that's a little immigration wow. and immigration also while. while he's got the gunboats going because if he oh, if, you, the gun if you do recall he did uh declare like what there's an article in the Texas Constitution he declared like articles of war oh, yeah. to fight off the migrants cuz there's an in. invasion the invasion clause invasion clause he invoked right. the invasion clause of the Texas Constitution to justify the use of gunboats to defend the border Crazy insane against a bunch of abuelas yeah against a bunch of fucking abuelas they don't even talk about it being like ms-13 gang members anymore you remember when when greg abbott like intentionally slowed down immigration to cause inflation to go up yeah <laughs> like yeah that was, that was when, when he cost story. us like billions of dollars yeah just <laughs> slowing things down searching <laughs> and didn't them. catch anything extra too yeah i don't even think numbers went up meaningfully yeah that's God. a that's a crazy thing that happened um should we talk about more bad things today? I think we should. Yeah. I think we should. I think we should do a speed run of bad things. <laughs> That's actually exactly what I had in mind. <laughs> was a, a speed run of some some anti-freedom, anti-trans bills that have been going on as of lately. You know, excellent. we uh, we pride ourselves on um, the plethora of topics we get to cover. But inevitably, of course, of course. we miss some stuff. You know, we can't get it to everything. Um, you know how it goes. And we especially can't get to everything when there's uh, an ongoing attempted genocide that's happening against a minority group because <laughs> genocides are multifaceted. Uh, and I'll give it to the Republicans. They're, they're pretty disciplined in what they're trying to do here <laughs> uh, in a very, very bad way. So we're going to really quickly run through a bunch of different bills from different states that are uh, targeting trans people in, in a variety of ways. All, of course, passed by the GOP 
usually along party lines, but sometimes they get some some conservative Democrats to chime in and help. So yeah. Uh, well, well, we won't get a chance to, to go in depth on each of these here, but they're all real. You can look them up if you really want to. All real. Um, so we'll do a little speed, speed run. So here's uh, I'm several. I'm excited. Here is several anti-trans bills that have recently been passed by Republican legislatures. The first one is in Oklahoma. It's a woman's bill of rights that basically exists solely to exclude trans people from what's in the bill. And it actually works to roll back rights for women in some cases, specifically like <laughs> employment discrimination <laughs> cases. It rolls back a couple of rights that have been gained what? over the past few decades. Uh, specifically, though, and this is the text of the bill, it says, quote, female means a natural person whose biological reproductive system is designed to produce ova. Uh, so I guess all postmenopausal women just aren't women anymore. I, like it's, Liminal space between woman and not woman, I it's, suppose. They, they're just biting word for word what the Missouri bill. There's so yep. many of these other women's bill of rights bills that I, I can't even keep track of where they're coming from anymore because they all bite language from each other. They all try to yeah. one-up each other. It's all just to be exclusive, uh-huh. all to exclude trans people. We, we are watching – like we, we've been talking about for a while the like race to the bottom that white supremacy is. Yeah. It is an ideology – ideology built on exclusion irish people weren't necessarily white at one point despite being the tastiest motherfuckers yeah right and so it's all about exclusion and we are watching in real time the race to the bottom the same concept within like anti-lgbtq rhetoric and what's crazy is this is kind of like new you know what i mean yeah like at least for me as a as a, a purveyor of politics it's like it's been going on for the past few years, and it existed before. Anti-trans hate obviously existed before coming from conservatives, mm-hmm. naturally. Um, but it's ramped up to such a degree that is kind of was kind of unimaginable. Like even like a when we first started the pod, yeah. You know, one of the first topics we talked to, one of the first like culture war items was CRT. That's when that got big. Oh yeah. We're talking about critical race theory, defining it, uh, talking about how it wasn't really an issue before, and then we saw the same things with the trans groomer. Uh, mm-hmm. narrative and I remember watching in real time because this was around the time where you know I'm, I'm really focusing on the news because I got to get news stories to talk yeah. about on the pod article heads. And, and out of nowhere it's just trans people are groomers is like the headline yeah like that is that is one of the main stories and it is uh persisted to this day it's like one of the main components of the GOP because it's wild because I remember talking about it must have been a couple couple months ago maybe like six to eight months ago on the pod like wow it seems like whenever there's a slow news week they automatically <laughs> yeah. resort to like yeah. anti-lgbtq stuff but now now that is the news week. Yeah, all the time. It's in real time. We are actually watching the race to the bottom. Yeah. And speaking of Missouri, uh, the next one is that the Missouri Attorney General issued an order, as we talked about on a previous episode, that you cannot have access to gender affirming health care until after 18 months of therapy. And even then, the state can <laughs> deny your care if they find you have any existing mental health issues or disorders, anxiety, depression, etc. Going to therapy. Right. <laughs> no, it's, that's the thing, right? Is that they, it, it, it's, it's like, oh, well, you know, you can get it if you clear all these hurdles, but it's like, you're not, we're not going to let you. To be able to get insurance to cover your therapy, they have to give you a diagnosis. And it's like, I wonder if gender dysphoria is like comorbid, if anything, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, come on now. And and it's also like, that's not even a thing anymore in the DSM-5, I don't think, or it's in the DSM-5, but in the drafts of the DSM-6, like gender dysphoria is not going to be in it oh, because okay. what we perceive as a mental illness changes over time. For sure, right. It's, it's a function of society, what's mm-hmm. defined as mentally ill. But anyway, yeah, to be able to go to therapy and not have to pay out of pocket, you have to have a diagnosis. Yeah, right. So it's just we we mandate that you're mentally ill and you're put on a list for the state that says you're mentally ill. And the idea here from the Missouri Attorney General, and this has gone into effect, by the way. We talked about yeah. this a couple of weeks ago, but it has fully gone into effect. And it's not even a law. It's just an order that he gets to do for some reason. Um, but it basically says... 
that you have to go to 18 months of therapy or you can't get your, your gender affirming care. And even then we can deny you. And the idea is that, oh, well, we want to make sure that it's not other mental health crises that you're having and you don't, you know, quote unquote, trans your gender uh, <laughs> while actually just being depressed or anxious. And it's like sometimes these things happen together. Yeah. Sometimes you are, you know, you have anxiety and you're trans, but they're not because of each other, right? Yeah. You're not anxious because you're trans and you're not trans because you're anxious. That's just kind of how it is. And it's, so it's ridiculous to, to even make this a real thing. It also just plays into the fake, phony, and stupid idea that people just trans their gender for fun, like, yeah, all the right. time. Like, and that is just, like, something process. that happens on a whim. Uh -huh. Because often, like, right, you, like, socially transition yeah. before you do any, like, sort of gender-affirming, like physical care right yeah. you're cutting your hair short you're growing your hair long you're wearing the opposite genders like or the gender you identify yeah, with right. clothes yeah like you're socially transitioning well, and that's how you sort of gauge whether or not and, you actually want to do this right and, and the idea with gender affirming care is that it makes your life easier as you're going through that both social and sometimes yeah. physical transition once you started the social transition right. you're like yeah this is something i want to pursue exactly because this is me this is who i am and again i'll just keep going back to the fact that gender affirming care reduces suicidality rates like yeah. that it like you you are killing people by taking this option away and it is simple as that i don't i don't i don't and honestly i've seen so few democratic lawmakers make this point there was a really good tiktok that um we reposted and, and uh, -huh. uh had brought up before where it's just this democratic lawmaker from some uh, republican controlled state where he's like yep this bill is going to kill people and i hope you know that and that's the kind of attitude yeah. we need towards all of yeah. this. I don't remember his name specifically, but um, that you got to just start saying like, "Yeah, you're you're going to kill people." In, with this. in plain English, in plain English, it reduces suicide it's all rates. They understand by like what, like seventy percent or something? Like yeah, it's, it's something, something crazy. crazy, something crazy, something empirical. Yeah. Uh, but as we know, conservatives not good with numbers. You can measure it, right? You yeah. can measure it. Uh, moving on though, Florida, the Florida legislature okay. passed a bill that prohibits trans people from using bathrooms that align with their gender identity. And this uh, law applies to schools, government buildings, prisons, and detention centers the initial idea with this bill was to make Sick. it apply to all bathrooms in the state period yeah. but they couldn't get that far uh so it's uh it's why, schools, why government couldn't buildings, they prisons, get that far centers. just like I curious i have no idea maybe um, it's like an overreach thing like they can't regulate private businesses like that or something maybe or maybe it was like a we need a, a two-thirds kind of situation and we couldn't get to that word like word. Even, I, it's good to know that there's restrictions on even the florida legislature you know <laughs> what i mean even they can't do as much as they want yeah, yeah but that was yeah, the original yeah. idea so um i guess if if you're a trans person you can't go into the dmv still absurd um, because it, <laughs> <laughs> still absurd just because of reasons we've brought up so many times uh a lot of motherfuckers pass yeah so what do you do when someone that um uh interacts with the world as as a woman because yep. that's what they identify as walks into the men's bathroom just because they have a cock yeah or like or or the other way around right yeah and, and, and like either way you're you're kind of subjecting yourself to potential it's violence. a catch-22 yeah because either way you're identifying yourself as trans and they know this yeah of course like the republican legislatures that are that are crafting these kinds of bills specifically bathroom bills know this and they are designed to make it so you can't make that choice and uh -huh. you are just forced to not exist in public yeah because like what what like the one of the simplest human functions is going to the bathroom uh -huh. let people People go to the bathroom and if you can't go to the bathroom in public at a public restroom then you're kind of just discouraged from being in public that's the point absurd uh alaska moving on okay alaska is working on a bill to ban trans women from participating in female sports outright just totally within the state uh disregarding of course current statewide and nationwide sport regulation that makes this um 
possible. See, that's so. wild because there's like, I don't know, Sarah Palin and two other women in Alaska. Uh, yeah, right, exactly. It, it's a culture. It's purely culture war. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. that's it. They're, this probably is another thing that targets two people mm-hmm. oh, across 100%. the entire state. Well, didn't we find like there was like, oh, I don't know if this is real. This might have just been a joke that I made that there's there, like 40 trans athletes. <laughs> but that might be, I might have just made that up in my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but there, there was, fuck, again, these things happen so often I can't even yeah. keep them straight. In I think Utah. it was... It was Utah, Tennessee, and Missouri, one of them. They mm-hmm. they passed a bill within their legislature that targeted one trans athlete yeah. in high school. Completely banned them because there was one trans athlete who wasn't even at the top of the game mm-hmm. just because they existed. Didn't win any trophies. <laughs> Didn't win any trophies. No scholarships. One participation trophies. Mm-hmm. That's it. They weren't taking scholarships away from other people like, ah. And then Arizona is working on several bills to both restrict drag performances in the state okay. and prohibit teachers from using a student's preferred pronouns or even preferred name. Uh, so that's crazy. No more nicknames. And you'll notice each of these states doing something different. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I I chose based off what they were doing. It's all different. That's just a, a basic speed run. of Trying to, of, trying to differentiate them. themselves a little yeah. bit. No, no like nicknames is crazy. Yeah. Like, well, it's like you're going to be allowed to use nicknames, right? You are. You are. You are. Absolutely. You but are. Wait, you're just not going to be allowed to acknowledge the existence of trans people in yeah, the classroom. I, I would hope or there support is a trans malicious student. compliance in that mm-hmm. they don't use nicknames, but we yeah. know how these things go. Yeah. No, we'll see. And obviously, as I mentioned before, uh, this anti-trans panic that has kind of elicited this this slew of legislation, this wave of legislation against trans people. And it's like 400, 500 pieces of legislation have uh-huh. been introduced uh-huh. or otherwise passed in legislatures. And I only pulled like five or six of them. Working around the clock. But this this is, a again, it's a main component of the GOP program right now because they have no real fiscal policy other than like gut welfare programs and cut taxes for the richest people. <laughs> cut that's, social security. <laughs> yeah. That's their only and we, like this is on the national stage right now. They're asking for cuts to Medicaid, to Social Security, <laughs> to like all this stuff with the debt ceiling talks. To the IRS, to anything good. Right, exactly. And their main social policy right now, and they haven't shied away from this, which is surprising to me, is to straight up eradicate trans people. Like that's that's the intent with this legislation. And, and it's clear. They they make it. They say it. They state it. Yeah, yeah. And if you if you as, you know, just an average consumer of politics, just mm-hmm. a, a regular degular person are shy about calling it a genocide, that's fine. But keep in mind that genocides often contain lead-ups, uh-huh. run-ups to like actual bad things happening or like full large-scale bad things happening. And also genocides aren't always just mass killings off-rip. Yeah, It is oftentimes a slow deterioration in, in the state of the country and progress towards dehumanization of a certain group to justify the then uh, genocide. And of, the of eradication group. of an identity. Right. Exactly. They don't need to kill these people necessarily but they can do things put policies in place that would stop them from expressing their authentic self make it impossible to exist yeah right exactly yeah uh, I also want to address a quick argument, a new one that I've seen, actually. Ooh. So I'm, I'm feeling intellectually stimulated. New transphobia disrupt? <laughs> transphobia, like what, part uh, uh, 5,000 yeah. or something like yeah. that? But the, it's this argument I've been seeing that goes along with the um, the Women's Bill of Rights that uh, we talked about just now in Oklahoma, right? This idea of a, a female being a person that is supposed to have the capacity to get pregnant yeah. or should have the ability to produce eggs or whatever it may be. I think this argument's fucking crazy. Because okay. what do you mean by should? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, what if I just flip it around and say, oh, well, this trans woman should have had the ability to give birth, uh, but doesn't. You know what I mean? That's true. Again, and you, you can't construct like, the kind of definition like that. Should can be changed. 
Yeah, right. Like a, as medicine progresses, there there are even talks of like uterus transplants. Right, like no, exactly, things like yeah. that. Like that should that's that's all those that fits well, the definition. And I wonder, and I haven't been able to ask a conservative this, but I really uh-huh. wonder if you know one day we're going to have the technology to completely alter just about everything about your body to uh, to make you I don't know fulfill all the characteristics that conservatives think go along with being a female, right? Yeah. So if we had a machine that we could stick you in for like an hour and then you come out and you have all the characteristics you want, are they going to consider that person a woman or a man? They're not. I don't think they will. They're just going to move the goalposts and say, well, you had to have been born this way. Because a weird part about conservatism is they believe that gender is something innate. It's gender essentialism. They believe that your gender is innate based on biological behaviors that are ingrained within Mm -hmm. you. But clearly there aren't. Like, just fucking clearly there aren't. It's totally an ideology of control. Uh And this this argument that a woman is someone who is supposed to have X, Y, or Z ability is like, like to me, this is the, uh, the debate equivalent of just like casting a spell. Yeah. Like, like you're saying, okay, nice argument. I'm going to do some like naturalistic mysticism in response. <laughs> like that doesn't make any sense. Nice argument. I'm going to, I'm going to come forward with a position that is, that is so broad and you can't nail <laughs> yeah. it down at all that you couldn't possibly begin to argue against it. I saw, uh, Matt Walsh was doing one of those things where he's like at a college campus and you know, he's up on the stage with all the lights on him and the people looking at him. And then he has people come up and ask questions Yeah, and you know, he like, he can cut off their mics and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. He was doing that kind of thing where he was arguing this point, like this this should argument or supposed to argument. He was saying like with uh, he was saying, like, let's say we define humans as someone uh, as people who have two legs, uh, but someone, yep. you know, is born with a birth defect, only has one leg or loses it in a war or something like that. We wouldn't stop calling them human. Uh, oh, but the definition still works. And it's like he starts talking about, like, oh, that's the exception that proves the rule. Right. But it's like if we define humans as people that have two legs and then you lose a leg or you're burned without a leg, then you're not a human under that definition. Yeah. That's the point. You, you can't define it so rigidly. Uh-huh. You can't use like they should have this. Like it doesn't work like that. Obviously. It's an exception to the definition. Right. They are exempt from it. That's the problem with, with definitions that are so rigid. Yeah. You, you can't do it like that. It's and not a definition. It, it's then. also the idea that like definitions are so some like thing that exists right as if words and concepts are things that really exist out materially in nature definitions are a descriptive not prescriptive just like language language changes you know what i mean like everyone uses ain't ain't a word it's in the dictionary now right shit like that right it's Mm -hmm. like these things are here to describe experience to our best extent Right, and they're and they not change. perfect. Yeah, and they change over time. Yeah. of course. Uh, so that's a that's a really silly little argument, and that's a speed run for you all. That's I know you've so been silly. like you've been missing out on like the the specific statewide transphobia. So there exactly, you go. Exactly, exactly. Hope that made your day. Hit it all the time. Mm-hmm. Really, mm-hmm. run the gamut. We got one little uh, brief section of news, uh, a little amalgamation, a little amalgamation of election news that we got to go over before we end out the pod today. The first one is a contender for Ted Cruz for the Texas Senate. Ooh, does he go up this year? He does, well, it goes up from 2024. That's gas. Ted Cruz is going to be running again because last time sick. was against Beto Please in 2018. Please tell me it's not Beto. <laughs> it's not Beto. Okay. It's not Beto. Beto work has not shown his face for this election cycle, <laughs> which I'm go. really happy about. Uh, it's Colin Allred, who is uh, currently a Democratic member of the House from Texas. So he's been elected before. Okay. He's also current, or uh, he was previously a uh, a player in the NFL for the Tennessee Titans. We love electability. Uh, so and he's, that's got to be crazy He's in Texas. from Texas. He played on the Tennessee Titans. Like, he's the most American dude of all time, I that's think. That's right. 
That's he's right. huge. He's large. Like he's bald. Like a he's linebacker type dude. I don't know what position he played, but he was large. But he's, like he's built like it though. Yeah, he's huge, right? Like, he's Let's big, go. He's a big okay. guy. So he's, he's so like the most Texas man ever. And probably the most Texas man, the most American American I've ever seen. Because like, come on, professional football player turned congressman. Like it's a it's a thing that if they if conservatives make it work all the time. If conservatives mm-hmm. love to take these celebrities and turn them into politicians, why can't we? Exactly. Yeah, precisely. And he's already a politician, so he's running for Senate now. Exactly. Uh, he released his first campaign video. I watched it. I thought it was kind of mid. I saw oh. it on TikTok. It was like a minute or two minutes long, so we're not going to play it. Um, it's nothing crazy. It's a, it's a Democratic campaign uh, ad. It's nothing yeah. like the the one with the dude smoking and like burning the flag. Oh, that shit was that one's sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the nothing Louisiana like that. guy. Did it, he win? I don't think so. Fuck. No, probably it's Louisiana, you know. True. But um, yeah, this, I mean, it was fine as far as first campaign videos go. It was like, you know, pictures with his family. It was him talking about like his time in the NFL, what it's taught him about being a My time on the Titans taught me how to do this. They taught me about teamwork, talking about compassion. They it was basically to, that, yeah, okay. right? Yeah, it was that kind of thing. That was the vibe. Uh, but maybe maybe that appeals to like average Texan voters. I don't it's know. It's got to. So, yeah, it's whatever, whatever. Uh, immediately, though, Allred raised $2 million just off rip. Uh, which sick. is pretty cool, which I'm guessing that's why he announced so early for Senate is because he wants to start raising money for uh-huh. it publicly. So he's got a bunch of money already. Um, maybe that's a, a hopeful sign that Ted Cruz can lose. If there was ever a time for Ted Cruz to lose, I would think it's now. And he sucks. Yeah. Everyone hates him. Well, everyone hates him. Everyone's hated him for a while, but especially now with his anti-abortion stances, with his like anti-wokeness stances, uh-huh. I think now, if any, would be the time for, for Ted Cruz to take an L. I mean, things have gotten pretty bad for the Republican Party. God, so. It's going to be such a... Dope election cycle. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm so excited, bro. 2024 cannot well, come soon enough. I, I actually got some news that might that might hurt your heart and make you think it won't uh, be as as dope. Nah, fuck. There's been some headlines recently that Trump might not debate in the Republican primaries. Bro, what? Yeah, that that was like the thing I was looking forward <laughs> it's to. Getting me out of bed every day. That's <laughs> I wake up in the morning, fucking. Ugh, I'm here again, uh-huh. and I think like, oh no, it's gonna be so fucking funny to see Trump up there with like Vivek Ramswani, yeah, John Bolton, uh, Nikki Haley. Um, yeah. or Nikki Haley dropped out, right? No, Nikki Haley's still. No, in Nikki that Haley's thing. Did still. Did dro- you see some of this? She dropped oh, out. There was somebody that dropped out. I couldn't remember if it was Nikki Haley. Mike or Pompeo not. dropped out. That's who I'm thinking okay, okay, okay. of. And Nikki Haley just Basically like going same. crazy. Dogging all of them, yeah. rhetorically controlling them like no other, oh making God, fun of them. God. And bro. what's crazy is, you know, this obviously isn't settled yet. It might still happen. Trump yeah. still might get on the debate stage. Nobody really knows. Um, but there's a there's a commission that specifically is is used to run all the debates. They plan them all. They work with networks and work uh-huh. with getting moderators, that kind of thing. Um, and this, the one that would have been soonest would have been like in August. Really, it would have been this summer that we would have gotten Republican no. primary debates because there's probably going to be a lot of people. Um, got to narrow it and, down. And Trump has told a couple of sources. We haven't got anything from him directly, but he's told some people, uh, and those sources have told publications that uh-huh. um, Trump doesn't want to debate because he thinks he's far ahead in polling and just doesn't see the point. And strategically, like, yeah, I, I guess he's not like, wrong. Yeah, that makes points why why take that risk. But like, come on, I know he's a slut for the camera. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> like, get in front of it. Come on, one last time, maybe. Like, let's go. Let's let's do this radio. I, well, I mean, like I it's, need it, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's it's different than twenty sixteen, obviously, because he has nothing to prove. Yeah. Right? He he is the person that's that's pulling in first. He doesn't need to get on a debate stage with them. And honestly, him getting on the debate stage might just give them more popularity than they have right now because no one's thinking about Nikki Haley. No one's thinking about Tim Scott. No one's thinking people, about Vivek Ramaswamy. People aren't jolting for Bolton like we are. Yeah, no, no, exactly. 
And so him getting on the debate stage might just give them more ratings than they would get if he doesn't. You know what I mean? Yeah, strategically, it makes a lot of sense to not do it. But I also wonder if there could be a, an argument made that him not showing up on the debate stage, if DeSantis goes as well, if he announces, uh, that that could make him look weak and like unwilling to uh, to to work with him. So, you think if know. DeSantis goes, he goes? Well, I was thinking that if, if Trump doesn't go, DeSantis wouldn't either. Like, what's the point, right? Like, why? Because then DeSantis becomes target number one for everybody else because he's the one polling in second. That's so why would yeah. he show up if Trump doesn't show up? Man, that's so... Um, but I'm going to be pissed, crazy. right? I'm, I'm going to be so fucking mad. I'm going to be so fucking mad. I hope he does like like what he did when they didn't do the second presidential debate and he just does town like a town hall. hall. Yeah, yeah. That That'd be, be cool. sick because that town hall was really dope. Yeah. That's how we got yeah, That's yeah. how we got that moment. Trump, where you're someone, so handsome. Trump, oh my God, you're so handsome. And she, she was fucking starstruck. She was a waterfall. She was starstruck. Let that, me yeah. tell you. And like handsome's not what I think when I look at Trump. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Funny guy. Funny looking guy. <laughs> funny looking guy. Hilarious guy, actually. Yeah. But ugh. So um, Trump is, uh, he might not be debating we don't know obviously no confirmation yet uh-huh. lots of details still have to be worked out but maybe maybe we will get a uh we'll, we'll definitely get some type of debate obviously like they're not just going to cancel it outright because we've got some contenders that are willing to debate like vivek ramswami of course oh yeah he, he's going he's going for it so i'm, I'm I, I am excited to see him debate just because i think so many of his stances are so ridiculous he's I mean, crazy he he goes really fucking hard mm-hmm. like when he was talking about let's give every taiwanese person a gun <laughs> yeah. and show them why we have the second amendment and then he said, you, you know what he said after that? He's he like, just it? like we did with black people. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was crazy because like his whole argument is that the NRA was formed to uh, give black people weapons to fight against slave owners, which is funny because you can look up that the NRA was formed after the Civil War. Or it's like he, he said something like how the NRA mm-hmm. played an integral part in like the fight for civil rights and like part of it's true. But it's not true in a lot of the ways that he's exaggerating it to be. Right. Like he's taking the position that like, oh, the NRA, they trained the gun owners. And that's why the civil that's why we got civil rights. Actually, not why we got civil yeah, rights. We got yeah. civil rights because of a host of other things, you know, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, mm-hmm. like big movements that were going on. And like even so. So what? You exactly. know, like what is it? What, I don't it, see what this proves. Still, that also doesn't matter for now when gun violence is an epidemic. And I think like the number one killer of children. Yeah. Well, or, that's like one of the biggest killers of children and who is he really appealing to you know what i mean i don't know like when i think of the nra i don't think of like staunch supporters of black americans (laughs) so i don't i don't know or he's appealing to like the uh the jesse not jesse waters oh god what what's the dude uh amazing hassan debated him a while ago oh i know jesse lee peterson yeah that guy's appealing to that crowd uh you're larry king yeah, Larry Elder. Larry Elder. <laughs> Larry, Larry Elder. King's wrong guy. Larry yeah, yeah. Elder. Larry Elder ran for uh, governor of California, got blown yeah, out of the water. That guy. That guy is crazy too. Yeah. So uh, hopefully we see a Trump debate. I need. Oh, it. I want it. Bro. We'll, we'll I want see. it. If, so if Trump wins bad. the primary, we'll obviously see a debate with him and Joe Biden. Like he's not going to skip a general election debate. Can't yeah. do that. If only we would manipulate, be able to manipulate our uh, sway mm-hmm. and our audience to be able to drum up support for a, a Trump well, primary debate. I, I heard that um, Tucker Carlson made a move to have a Republican debate, uh, like on whatever he's trying to do. So he's trying to do something. He's trying to moderate. Yeah. That would be crazy, wouldn't it? I would love Dude, that. That'd be so sick if he moderated a debate with Trump. Imagine you the, think that's why Trump oh doesn't God. want to do it because he heard that Tucker might moderate? Maybe. But I think Tucker's trying to like do it on his own, like not with the help of the Presidential Debate Commission. Just so you like think do he's, it. You, maybe he is trying to become a YouTube guy. Yeah, maybe, maybe he is trying to start his own like little thing because he could. That'd be quite the way to start, right? Oh, like that, yeah. That would be great. Now, like, imagine like the Carlson oh man, presidential we'd have, debate. We'd have so fun on a live stream with that. Are you kidding? Oh, my, oh my God. God. Dude, my calendar would be bro. X circled, checked. Oh, my God. 
goodness. I'm not doing shit today. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sleeping for like 30 hours beforehand I'll to get ready for that. sure oh that I am well rested. I'm going to bed with a hot towel on my forehead, uh-huh. doing a face mask, doing a fucking foot mask, getting meditating. ready, pampering. I'm going to be <laughs> meditating, levitating into the air. Working on my body to sharpen my mind so uh-huh. I'm ready for this debate. Yeah. Oh my goodness, bro. But speaking of uh, other election news, uh-huh. before we close out the show, it's not something I have here. It's a headline that I saw earlier. Didn't okay. read too much into it, but it's insane. Uh, the Texas state legislature just approved uh, like a measure or a bill that would allow Abbott to overturn elections in Harris County. <laughs> wait, wait, why? Specifically Harris County? Yeah, specifically Harris County because, I mean, dem- Democrats like did better than they were supposed to. Oh, naturally, yeah. So it's something like that. I would imagine it's a county that has a lot of minorities in it. Uh, considering what, Texas and their is track that like record, a, is that like have Dallas or Austin or something in it? Let's let's look it up right now. Ooh, let's, uh, let's do some live investigation. Live investigation. Live journalism on what the pod. What is in Harris County? Harris County. How the fuck do I? Somebody find living this in out? Texas probably knows and they're screaming right <laughs> now. Oh, they're so mad at oh us right God, now. It's El Paso. The, uh, the, the review. <laughs> the yeah, review. Yeah. She's she's the mad. Yeah, she's mad at us right now. Oh my God, Homeland. I can't. Bro, probably can't even read the map. Bro, I can't find anything. I feel I feel ashamed, really. We're, we're probably gonna find out like after we end the show. It's like, oh, it was this Houston. Okay, yeah, this Harris is County's got Houston in it. I was wondering. Yeah, yep. okay, that makes sense. Uh, they're, they're probably like, well, well, um, fraudulent voting, black people, let's take control. Yeah, yeah they shouldn't the be vote. able to vote at all. So mm-hmm. this must all be fraudulent. So it would allow them to just do a new election, make them do it again. Oh, nice. Yeah, like just just run the votes again, run it back, not just recount, run but, it back, but run it back all the way. That's okay, the headline that I saw. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm going to love it when we're just stuck in, like, um, run it back purgatory. Just uh-huh. constantly casting new votes until the Republican wins. I also just think it's insane that we're at the point where something like that could be approved. Mm-hmm. Sounds kind of nuts. Well, I mean, as we said, like, democracy ending decisions, right? Yeah. Uh, Morvey Harper, we bring it up, like, every episode now. It's coming up. <laughs> and stuff like this keeps happening. It could drop any day now. Yeah. It really could. When is the when is the Supreme Court term over? I don't let's know. Do some more live research. Let's see. We're in May right now. I think around May is when we got the uh, the Supreme Court leak, right? For the uh, uh, um, Roe v. Wade being overturned, so we're we're getting close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it year. was because it dropped in about like late June, early July. The actual the official decision. decision. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, okay. We're probably looking at like another like month and a half until until democracy is over. Yeah. Until um no <laughs> until you can I I can refuse to bake a cake for gay people. But until even I can refuse to design yeah. a website for gay people. Even at that point, hopefully we can get some good content out of it. <laughs> 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 I'm saying. Hopefully we can further our personal brand. <laughs> exactly. Speaking of content, though, there is uh, some other news. Uh, there's a, a town hall coming up this week on Wednesday, Wednesday night, oh, uh, like 8 p.m. or something. Trump's having a little a town hall with CNN, actually. Really? Uh, he booked it with CNN. He's going to be, I don't know if he's Who's taking questioning questions. questioning him? I don't remember. Because um, it's not Don Lemon. <laughs> it's not Don Lemon. Nope. Uh, I don't know if it's anyone crazy. Is it like Anderson Cooper? I don't think so. Really? I don't think so. Huh. I feel like that'd be the most, like. It's a woman. I don't remember her name. Oh, oh wow, Jeremy! I'm so really? Sorry. Oh, I'm really my bad God! Cishet white guys. Oh no! Oh my goodness! Just undervaluing the accomplishments I'm, of women. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure she'll. I'm sure she'll do fine. Um, obviously, you can't like track down all of Trump's lies. Uh, yeah. in an interview like that. that's not even an interview. It's a town hall, so maybe people will be asking questions. Last too, like, time it was people. what Savannah Guthrie on MSNBC. MSNBC. She did great. I she thought. did do cool. I thought yeah. she pressed him like enough. She could have done harder. You can always go harder. Yeah. But it's like it's Unless an hour it's me up there, it. then I did everything right. Oh, yeah, of course. You know? Unless it's us right here. Then we do Why everything right Why does he book a town hall with us? We have a setup. We can get a guest in here. Exactly. Yeah, we <laughs> could fit Donald Trump back here. We could fit Donald, Donald Trump. could sit right back there behind the laptop. That'd be so cool. 
I could shake his hand, Mr. D. The full Mr. Send, if the full send podcast could get him. I still haven't watched that, by the way. I really yeah. do want to go and watch it just because, like, why? You think Secret Service were, like, standing right behind the camera? Just, like, watching? They had to have. Yeah. You think they, were, they had to have been strapped, like, the whole time? Just like, I'd be nervous, too. Fuck. Yeah, I wouldn't be <laughs> saying I'd be gassing them. I'd be glazing them up. <laughs> I'd be doing backflips on it. I'd be <laughs> riding that <laughs> shit. Anyway, I think that closes out the episode today. Thanks for sticking with us through a, a rather long pod. Yeah, lots um, of lots of news. Very newsy news. Lots of newsy news. Yeah, news week. Lots of not great news. Um, hopefully next week we can, we can come back at you with some silly hoods, some silly drama. Um, some yeah, some big drama. Some Maybe big some drama. more Stephen Crowder drama. Stephen Crowder divorce two. Stephen Crowder type drama. You know what I'm saying? That'd be cool. Yeah. Ben Shapiro's yeah. getting divorced. Um, it'd be sick if like here's an ideal sequence of events on Wednesday night. Uh-huh. Uh, ben Shapiro announced very carefully Wednesday night, not Monday or Tuesday. Uh-huh. Ben Shapiro announces, "Oh, me and my wife are getting it." Or Ben Shapiro's wife announces that they're getting a divorce. Yeah. Um, Thursday, she drops a statement saying the dry yeah. allegations are true. She's saying women actually can get wet. <laughs> yeah, the dry allegations. <laughs> I, are I just had to say that to make my husband happy. Uh-huh. Uh, that would be ideal. That'd be so cool to cover. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how I'd be able to like milk it for like an hour, but that'd be your episode. We find a way, right? <laughs> find oh, we always a way. find a way. Always oh, find yeah. a way. There'd be some other news we could lump in there too. Exactly. Maybe Matt Walsh does drop the N word, and I'm not like just making a joke. I'm actively yeah. defending the use of the n-word by white people recently but he refuses to drop it yeah like do it coward you know what like I'm do it if you're gonna defend the use like come on yeah yeah say it <laughs> not because i think it would be immoral but because i know well i guess i don't know that he won't do it maybe we're at a point where he just starts saying it because he does it in private like let's oh, be yeah, real for sure. like, let's be really well, you private. don't you don't make like a <laughs> a strong stand in favor of white people saying the n-word <laughs> if you don't say it yourself you know what i mean like what's the point you, you don't do that you don't. You can't. Yeah. Like, like, what's the point of defending it at that point? You just yeah. it's best to just keep your mouth shut. Yeah, but, <laughs> but he clearly can't. He, he can't. clearly has to say it. I can hear. I can see it on his tongue, basically. All right. I think it's time to uh, to thank our beautiful patrons. That's right. Our beautiful patrons that support this show, that they make do. it possible for us to come in here every single week and, and spit into these mics. And this summer. Oh yeah. Now that undergrad is behind us. Oh yeah, far behind us. I don't even remember. I don't even remember it really. What's a diploma? I don't I don't even have my degree. Doesn't even matter really. I don't even get a honest. degree, really. Yeah. It's stupid actually. So whatever. <laughs> yeah, I don't even care. Yeah. <laughs> I never care. I'm employed at actually a uh, Hiddo Media LLC. So. <laughs> yeah, I have my own company. I'm job. an entrepreneur, small business owner. So <laughs> yeah. like I'm really not even worried about it. But with that, the people that would help us make more content uh-huh. this summer. Uh-huh. We you have to give you special thanks. You could be. Could be one of them. Just become a Sunday supremacist. Drop that's that right. Wednesday weenie title. We special thanks to Cr- Cricket Scrapbook Layouts, Nikki Nine Lives, mm. Caden Kraut, Lord T the Radiant, Chris the Postman, Christy Beck, Talia Cots, Forty Percent Spite, Andrew Harris, mm. Mike Chaplinski, Maddie St, Omar Zuno, Clayton Lafed, Mark Yeager, Sarah McRoberts, Dylan B, Ka- Kaz, Caleb every fucking time, yeah. Caleb Joy, Jim Bob's, Carl D, Rich Toro, Tari, Gavin Meyer, Maldonado, Hunter W, Fergalaki, Max Vaz. Kez, Jacob Rogers, Colton Mooberry, Fixer Pump, Fixer Punk, Jim Egbers, Jeff Muzzy, Bagel Burrito, Cincy Alex, Bread, Joe Stenstrom, Austin Reed, Adrian Sandoval, Chloe Sam 601, Colleen Cuts, Timothy Espinosa, mm. Gregory Isn't My Name, Veriuk, mm. Jennifer DeVoe, Big Bird Titty, Eliza Crawfishing. Beneth Bennington III, Alexia Benanti, Nietzsche, Big Booty Beatdown, Moises T, Sam Maloney, Two-Headed Boy, Jeremy Cadret, Ben Shapiro's Boyfriend, Jonathan Cassis, Luke O'Shea, Daniel Jackson, The Word of Microsoft, Jennifer Sines, Aaron and his Gundam, 
Gundams, Darth Father, Darth Father, Aiden Taylor, Corey Chambers, Sewer Snack, L.E.N., Heidi Osgood, John Glover, Weed Thief 69, shout out for that review. Woo. I remember the name. <laughs> Devin Hatchard, Retro Mondo. Wait, Mondo. Mondo. Yeah, I said it right that yeah, time. Yeah, Retro yeah. Mondo. I, I remember all of your names all the time. Retro actually. Mondo. Uh, uh, where was I? Where was I? Meatball Minion, <laughs> Emma the Dude Slayer, Claire, Mc, Claire McMillan. Shout out that review. V. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Elijah Murray, Veronica, a.k.a. V, Raxon, and Jeremy's mom, my mom. Woo! Thank you all for supporting the show on Patreon. We couldn't do it without you. We really couldn't. Um, I hope you you make like the new king, uh, of yeah. England. Yep. And uh, grab the sword. Oh, of, he was coordinated this yeah, week, yeah, wasn't yeah, he? That's, that's crazy. crazy. Grab the sword of temporal justice and uh-huh. uh, carve your way into the Patreon <laughs> to support the show. Is that what that sword is called? Yeah, sort of. T- there was like se- several swords. That, does he get to choose? Like an Elden Ring build. It was ridiculous. Did he, yeah, like like choose between the sword of temporal justice. There was uh, uh, the, the sword, sword of, of temporal justice. Unyielding void. <laughs> there was the sword of state. Um, oh, the sword that's of, dumb. There was all kinds of swords. Uh, the there's a mace. Temporal justice. There's a mace for blunt damage. Um, <laughs> there was like there's a ring when that you're couldn't fighting, fit on his finger. When you're fighting the three crystal guys in the cave <laughs> and, uh, in the Weeping Peninsula, or not Weeping Peninsula, like right by Limgrave. There was a there's again a ring that couldn't fit on his finger because yeah. those those hoes are <laughs> fucking crazy. sausages. Yeah, no. Um, there's a couple of things that that could max out his build for sure. Those rocking with bratwursts. Yeah, but he's the king now, so that's crazy. He needs to rock around with a big sword. You know what I'm he saying? He needs to rock around inside the Patreon. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Exactly. You know, you know, take some of that wealth that you stole and give it to us so that we can give back mm-hmm. in the form of criticizing you yeah. and other corrupt institutions. Just give us an artifact that you plundered from some African country. If and you then could we give us, give us like the Hope Diamond. Mm-hmm. That'd yeah, be, something that'd be crazy. cool. Anyway, thanks for listening to the show, everybody. Have a great week. We'll see you next time.